Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, MJF gets made, Moxley gets hung, Sami Zayn gets betrayed, Cody and Roman get real, and Austin Theory gets killed. That and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast. Not bad. In one take, that, that was. I wrote it down. You wrote. I'm a journalist. Jesus. Ditch that nine to five. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Mark. So welcome to the Band for Ringside podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bill Vagie, a.k.a. Sojourner R-Truth. And sitting directly across from me, we have Jason Cornelius Bell. What's going on, JCP? I could have been for Black or Women's History Month. That's so good. I was getting ready to get all your bike. Well, I guess, yeah, checks both boxes. Okay, cool enough. Right on. Well played, well played. On that lovely note, I'll ask their congregation to bow their heads as I read from the latest edition of the Band for Ringside Podcast, Volume 298, Chapter 3, Verse 14, and the good smart saying, hashtag boo the heels, it's all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat, the Holy Trinity of BFR, massive weeks coming up, the March to 300, special guests coming in, surprises up in store, nigga, I can't wait. And out there in Portland, Oregon, we have two beers, Zach Bowling. What's going on, two beers, Zach? BFR West is in the house. That intro was so impressive, I don't know that we need to talk about anything. Well, just stop. Hey, everybody. <laughs> we know there's tons Going of podcasts. Thanks for listening. Uh, so we have uh, Joey O'Farrell, a.k.a. Tinder Mahal, the fourth man or fifth man or however you want to say it. One of the, uh, you know him. He's a friend of the show. He's a friend of BFR. He's going to come on a little bit later to talk about his upcoming uh, big event, STL versus the World Volume 2 at Grandel, uh, at the Grandel in St. Louis on March the 18th, I believe. So if you're interested in that, he's going to come on at the end of the show. He's going to talk up that card. It, it is a doozy, guys. Yeah, I thought it's last a, year was good. I thought last year was good, too. Uh, last year was a spectacular event. It's a fucking beautiful venue. He gets some names in there, uh, and the wrestling was great. So Joey O'Farrell's going to be I can't tri- believe one of our friends, like, is a wrestling promoter, let alone, like, a really fucking good one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. It's, right? It's pretty strange. Say, yeah, I was going to say, it speaks well for us, right? I mean, all in all, it's pretty strange. <laughs> I'm like, I'm working two jobs. So, you know, well, just I, trying I, to I make shit happen. Well, it, this motherfucker bringing in Dak Draper. Yeah, did you know Zach didn't say anything about him being rich, though? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like, I wouldn't, wor- I wouldn't worry about that. He's, he's still working hard. Yeah, yes. I mean, Yes, very much so. But he's doing what he loves, and you know if you do that, you never work a day in your life. So uh, lots of stuff to talk about this week. I posted on Twitter. I posted on Friends of BFR on Facebook how excited I was to get to talking about the goings-on this week. And, man, I am excited. We are coming at you from beautiful St. Charles, Missouri. It is a Thursday night, like always. I don't know why I said what day of the week it was. Let's get started with that three count. Jesus Christ. Well, I guess for those who listen tomorrow. We're kind of, so if there's any news. Well, that, I mean, I should say it's a Thursday night because we're not covering the Ring of Honor show that is going on tonight that actually has a really good card. As, as on, it's on, going yeah, on as we speak. Right now. Yeah. Uh, we will cover it next week. Jason, kick us off. 
Well, well, well. I don't want to go with the Beatles. It's kind of played out. I think we did that before. Either way, AEW Revolution from Sunday night. Um, from the Chase Center in San Francisco, California. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight card match. Um, I was surprised there's so little, so little matches on the card. This is not what TK usually does. But nonetheless, it still worked itself out. It was a, a much more smoother flow, and I think this might be the way to go moving forward. To me, the biggest takeaway, obviously, is the main event. There was three matches that really stood out to me, but obviously the main event is the, the story. So we can kind of dive into all the matches, but I want to start with the main event first because, like I said, well, I didn't say it, but Bill said it at the top. One guy was made coming in and another guy was made going out. MJF wins the main event in spectacular fuckery formation. Um, I knew it wasn't going to be clean. I just couldn't figure out how it was going to be done. The LaBelle lock as the finisher was the nice little chef's kiss to a 67-minute Iron Man instant classic. Brian Danson, I thought, was amazing in this match. MJF taking the water breaks. I know people had a problem with that. I didn't think it was that big of a deal per se. You know, if the, if the man's got to get some water, and so be it. I mean, shit. Fucking get work. Hold on a second. People, man, I was going to say this during my part, but wait a minute. They People were pissed off about the water breaks? The water breaks set up the auction at the end, which set up the, the heel fuckery that ended up winning in the match. It was fucking Mark. It was brilliant. Did they were there people actually mad about the water? They were thinking that he was actually taking the water breaks because he needed them. That was the story. Unbelievable! Wow, people just watch the wrestling way different than I do. That is unbelievable to me. Sorry, Jason. Don't mean to hijack your count. Go no, ahead. No, it's it's our show, man. I I did not know that people had problems with the water breaks. Get worked is right. Zach is 100% right. Okay, go ahead. Um, uh, obviously, there's no more secret in how I felt about the match. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I, I'll say this, and then from this point, I'll, I'll pass the mic for anybody that wants to speak on it. Um, people are saying this is the greatest Iron Man match of all time. Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart might be on line one. They at least have the, the phone in hand. All that being said, I thought this was done better than I had anticipated. The low blow to set up two quick pinfalls after the original Brian Danielson pinfall, I thought was really, really smart. So now MJF took the lead. So now I'm like, okay, so we're going five. How we get there is the question. I thought they did another amazing job of setting everything up when Danielson tied it up. You know, it's another, you know, submission to where now MJF is like, you know, I got to do this. Otherwise, I can't go this extra whatever it was, 10 or 15 minutes, give or take, to finish the match. When it gets to the tie and I'm just and I'm sitting there like, okay, this has got to be sudden death, right? I mean, there's no way that we're just going to end this in a draw. They did it the right way again. As much as I dog TK, and I think sometimes deservingly so, I thought this match he hit the shit right. This was a home run to end the fucking show. I thought it was beautifully done from start to finish. Obviously, the right guy went over. 
Danielson loses nothing. If hell, if anything, he gains you know something out of this. Just adds to the legacy of Brian Danielson and gives argue another checkpoint for uh, Bill's point to saying he's the goat of right of, of of all professional wrestling. So I mean. There, there's no superlatives that I can't give this match. This is an A-plus performance on both sides. It's a five-star match, whatever you want to call it, okay? Just moving forward, I'm I'm not even worried about Brian Danielson. I'm worried about what's next for MJF. Zach, what did you think? Man, uh, it's funny, going into this pay-per-view, I was not, and I think I'm like a lot of people, I wasn't like super keen on it, right? I was like, yeah. It's an AW pay-per-view. It's, I'm sure it's going to deliver, but like I wasn't like really anxiously looking forward to like plunking down my 50 bucks for this thing. And I did it. And just like, you know, Forbidden Door, uh, which was marred by a bunch of injuries and stuff, so that kind of like lacked some luster in the beginning. This thing fucking delivered. Had three of three fantastic matches and then this main event was legitimately one of the best singles matches in AEW history in a promotion absolutely stacked with phenomenal matches uh, in its short history. So, like Jason said, it's really hard to find the superlatives, but just from a psychological level, a storytelling level, um, an actual, like, wrestling level, uh, just absolutely masterclass on how to, like, do this, professional wrestling thing i mean we already talked about how iron man matches weren't necessarily our favorites and they overcame that objection and then some uh just absolutely killer um it's funny uh i've watched that Shawn michaels bret hart match because that was in my head that was the uh kind of the epitome of that that fucking match is boring compared to fucking match no doubt it did not it was it was layered it was 60 minutes of everything being meaningful um, dude, like, I don't know. I feel like they should put the MJF, like, haters to bed. Well, I mean, you're going to hate him because he's very hateable. But as far as, like, the guy can't wrestle or, you know, whatever, um, I know it was Brian Danielson, but, dude, like, it takes two to tango, and that, he was fucking excellent. The that. flip off the top was where I was just like, okay, that that's, that's yeah, athleticism. Like, he, did a, he did a goddamn, like, uh, like moonsault, and he did a jump, an elbow through a table off the top rope to the outside, uh, which is funny because uh, I think Bill said it before. Like the guy could make a career never even coming off the second rope as a point. Right. I mean, like the Rock. Listen, you say it's going to put the MJF. Hey, it's going to shut the MJF haters up. I wouldn't call myself an MJF hater. I have said that he's above average in the ring, but that he's not great in the ring, it's shutting me up. I mean, it's <laughs> it's it's going to shut me up. It's going to shut me up forever, and I, I'll, I'm not afraid to admit when I'm wrong or not afraid. I, I echo Zach's sentiments that, and I, this was kind of widespread. Like, Iron Man matches are not particularly fun. Uh, Sunday night, I know that I always tell you guys how I watched it, but Sunday night, I was fucking beat. I ended up going to bed at like 8 o'clock. I avoided all spoilers. I turned it on. I worked from home on Monday, and I watched it. I had a pretty easy day, and I had the iPad rolling, and I watched it. Did not know who won. Um, 
And by the last 20 minutes of this Iron Man, because it started, and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm checking the clock. I'm like, okay, so I'm like, so when do I eat lunch? You know, like, am I going to eat lunch during this? You know what I mean? Because it's like I watched the entire pay-per-view, and it started coming on around noon. And I'm like, so, and that's a fucking amazing. But by the last, <laughs> he's like, ah. by the last 20 minutes, I can skip this first 30, right? I did. <laughs> and I'll say that the first 30 are saved. The first 30 were saved by two things. The first one being uh, Brian Danielson's acumen in the ring, which is well known. The second one being MJF is just a clown on the outside. He is talking shit. He's throwing tequila in kids' faces. He is fucking Jesus. yelling at Dave Meltzer uh, through the camera. Uh, we might, we might, we can talk about the kids thing later. But, but anyway, jokes on him. Dave was in the audience. He didn't even see that. It, oh, I didn't know that. That's great. Oh no, damn. <laughs> it was in. It was in like San Francisco or whatever. That's where he lives. Anyway, uh, by the last twenty minutes of the timed part of it, I was completely enthralled. I was like, I was actively thinking, man, this is spectacular. And basically, it started with the. The two pens right in a row after the low blow. I was like, "Oh, well, that's pretty cool." You know, even though it's not, it's not, er, it's not an earth-shattering move in an Iron Man match. It kind of makes sense. It goes against one of my things. It's it's a WWE move where you get back-to-back pins real quick. And I was like, uh, "But it was a low blow. It was something I didn't see coming, and I didn't, I hadn't seen before." So I was like, "Okay, let's just see where it goes." By the time the overtime came on, I was completely on the oh edge my of God my seat. Damn. Completely on the edge of my seat. I got. I got uh, I, I I popped a couple times real big by myself at noon on a Monday because I'm 43, but on that on that knee, on the knee from Dan because remember I picked Danielson on the knee when Danielson hit MJF with the knee with five minutes left I was like that's it I was like fuck yeah I was like here we go I was like Danielson's about to win and then he kicked out of it and then the oxygen tank and then I started thinking about all the times he went back to water and I was like. Of course, and they shot it really well. Yeah, they shot it really well because ground level. It is wrestling, and it is a show, and they shot it really well. It was dramatic, and when he's when you saw the oxygen tank, you were like, "Motherfucker, it's over!" Like Jay, I think Jason said, the Labelle Lock was a perfect cherry on top. Five stars. I don't. I don't know if it's the it's the best MJF match. Bar none. I mean, it's not even close. Yeah, it, Punk got the Punk dog collar match. Would if I if you force me to say one match of MJF was the best match I've ever seen would be the dog collar match against Punk. Best Iron Man match of all time, no doubt. I mean, it's 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 case closed. It was exciting from beginning to end, and like like Zach said, that Bret Hart Shawn Michaels one is boring as fuck. I mean, I watched. I think I watched it over the pandemic because I was like. Ah. But that's zero to zero, right? Until the very end, doesn't Bret Hart win one nothing? No, it's it's two one, I believe. It's it's one one. They both get a pin, and then it goes into sudden death, and then you get the uh, the backslide of the roll up. As far as the best AEW match of all time, or the best AEW pay per view of all time, I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment. We did this when we remember when wrestling was a little bit slower, and we started doing uh, the NXT Takeover do overs. And there were matches. There was like that Gargano-Andrade match that everybody forgot about. We went through it. And we were like, God, God damn. damn. I, think it was, I think it was Dallas. And we were all like, holy oh, shit. Yep. Forgot about so, that. There probably are some pay-per-views that I'm forgetting about or matches. But I'll say this. They couldn't have done it any better. If they were going to have MJF go over, this was the way to do it. MJF mm-hmm. is made now, and I will gladly 
eat my shit from him when he calls me a neck neck beard next week at his rebar mitzvah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I won't say this is the second match. Well, I w- actually, I will say this. The match I thought was the match of the night before the main event was the Texas death match between Hangman Page and John Moxley. Obviously, Incredible. we had a, a really good build leading up to this where both guys had taken matches. Moxley had taken the, the quote-unquote tiebreaker in a un- spectacular fashion, and obviously that just wasn't enough. Um, I'll just say this. I don't really cringe or get squeamish when I watch wrestling, even when I know blood is coming up. When Moxley took that fork to Hangman's head, and I'm not saying that the fork caused the the color. If it did, if it did, great. If Hangman, you know, bladed himself, cool too. Who cares? Suspension of disbelief. Yeah, it's wrestling. That was one of them times. I was the like, fork oh, did it. Oh, oh, oh! Hang on, hang on! God damn! Wait, wait! I'm like, dude, you eat with that shit. You don't impale motherfucking skull with that shit. That was the one time where I was like, okay, this shit started. Even at the end, where you know, hangings, you know, hangings hanging, literally fucking John Moxie. I was just like. Man, okay, I've seen this before. No big deal. You might want to tap, Mox. This might be the end of life. I thought this was really well done. In a, in a situation where I felt like this was a match that Hangman needed to win to get back on track. Wardlow is somebody that we'll talk about in a, in a second that's going the opposite way. I thought this was a, a match that Hangman needed to win to show that he could stay with John Moxley in a scenario where this is something that Moxley should win. It's a no-holds-barred kind of match. Moxley should win this match nine times out of ten, but this is the one time where Hangman Page could step up to the plate and beat John Moxley at his own game. This was a, at least getting Hangman back on track. I'm not calling him to win the, the AEW championship for a while because it looks like MJF's going to hold on to this motherfucker for a little bit. But this match at least got Hangman Page back on track. It's one of the few times where I would, as long as we all eat and crow, I'm not a huge believer of the Bills' theory of you can heat somebody up at any given point. This is a really good start. If you're going to heat Hangman Page back up, this is a really good start of doing it. That's more of a WWE thing, but I I, I get your point. Uh, Zach, what do you think about this match? Um, we're going to just continue in the superlative territory here. Um, I don't know, probably the best Texas death match I've seen. Uh, you know, we're talking about best Iron Man match. It's, I'd be hard-pressed to come up with another Texas death match. I mean, Page was doing a bunch of them there for a while, um, kicking ass and having a good time. But uh, this thing was excellent. I fucking loved this match. And I'm not even too big of a fan of, like, the brutal stuff. But, like, they did it so well. And there was just so many fun spots where I'm just like, I can't believe these motherfuckers are doing this. Like, the fork, like, the you know. Abdul the Butcher is super fun to watch. Like, Moxley pulling the fork out and then using it while he's in the triangle. Like, he's, like, <laughs> connecting. Like, Moxley's, like, an actually really good technical wrestler. Like, I mean, you saw it on Dynamite here and, like, mm-hmm. he's in the D1. He pulls out all these, like, really fun, like, MMA holds and then he takes a fork to a guy's head while he's doing it. That shit is awesome. Um, 
they were just, you know, all the barbed wire stuff. Um, and the, the crowd was silly, man. The brick, yeah. yeah got, the brick, oh, got, my God. I got really creative with a brick. Right. He's like Merv from Home Alone. Uh, but I thought for sure he was going to dead-eye him on that brick. Like, when they, when they stood the brick yeah. up vertically, that was the scariest. I think that was yeah. the most scared I've ever been in a wrestling match. Yeah, I was I like, don't do sure it. Was I was like, do don't it. do it with yep. the brick standing up. I was like, come on, guys. <laughs> right. Let's you go. Know, <laughs> chopping motherfuckers off the ledge. Pick up the fork. Pick up the fork. Pick the fork back up. <laughs> right. Not with the brick. Right. We'll take the fork. <laughs> Sir, put down the brick. I'm going to pick the fork back up, please. Thank you. Thank you. Continue to impale him. Sometimes you know, like, they'll set something up, like wrestlers in a death match will set something up, and you just know that they're not going to do it, right? It's just there to feel like, oh, my God, what if they did it? I thought that there was a chance that they were going to do that, and I was scared to death. And I should have known better, but, oh, my God, these guys are going all out. Uh, the power bomb from the top rope, uh, where it looked like he was going to send them onto the the backs of the chairs that were, that were set back to back. Um, but instead, he just happened to slam them through. Regular chairs covered in barbed wire. <laughs> what else? Dude, there was there was a moment where Moxley got uh, thrown through the ta- the barbed wire covered table outside, and then the camera zooms up on him, and he goes, "Ooh boy, ooh boy." <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I loved it. It was like Jason said, it was my favorite matchup until that point. Uh, I will rewatch that match fondly if we ever have the opportunity to get some kind of streaming service where we can do that. But uh, yeah, awesome match. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. Mega fun match. Um, you know, with apologies to Eddie Kingston for using some insider terms Uh-oh. here. Here we Moxley, go. Moxley doesn't do the honors. A whole lot in AEW. Moxley doesn't lose a whole lot in AEW. Um, he is the ace of AEW. I don't know what was supposed to happen in that match where Hangman uh, unfortunately got knocked out in that very scary in the dynamite. But Moxley put Paige over hard, big in this match. And um, the ending with Moxley getting hung. Uh, by the hangman, it didn't even occur to me until right now that the hangman hung him. But Moxley tapping out right away, just like he should have. It was just a, a perfect, a perfect ending to dare I say a perfect match. I mean, it it wasn't the best match of the night, and that is saying something mm-hmm. because it fucking ruled. And that's not even we haven't even gotten to the third best match of the night, which also on any other card would have been the match of the night. But um. Man, what a card. Jason. And this is, we haven't talked about it, so I'm just going with my personal opinion. The third best match of the night was the trios match between House of Black and the Elite. Um, House of Black, for me, has been one of those trios. It's the faction, whatever you want to call it, has been stopped for whatever reason, whether it's creative or otherwise, where Aleister Black has to get his head right. Buddy Matthews is... MIA or whatever the case may be, yada, yada, yada. All that frustration was completely eliminated watching this match. This is why when I heard Trio's titles was coming to AEW, I was totally excited about it because the way the the AEW style is sets up for crazy Trio's matches, and this was just more of the same. House of Black goes over, which... 
I have no problem with. I picked the elite because I, I just had to see it for myself. I just wasn't sure that TK was going to pull the trigger on it, which it's a great move. The elite is, are over. The House of Black is over, but we just need to see them, you know, going for a sustained period of time, you know, on Wednesday, they have the triple threat set up with the what uh, the elite House of Black and uh, Jericho, Jericho, yeah, Jericho Appreciation Society. My head was getting ready to explode just the, of the thought of what's getting ready to happen with that. So, I mean, House of Black is is w- once again Xavier Guevara is going to bump. That's okay. what's going to happen. <laughs> I'm like, what the? <laughs> They're going to throw Xavier Guevara off the scaffolding. <laughs> I'm like, man, somebody get ready to get fucked up on, on next Wednesday night. But um, House of Black is another one of those trios, you know, factions, whatever you want to call it. They needed some traction. They needed TK needed to show me that he's at least somewhat serious about making them legitimate, credible, whatever you want to call it. This was an amazing match. I loved it from start to finish. House of Black just, I wouldn't say dominated at the end, but just really looked strong. They looked like a team that could beat the elite on any given night, and that's what I needed to see. This was really, really good. Two beer. Yeah, um, this was a fantastic trios match. I think uh, kind of the big takeaway was that this was like a showcase match for the House of Black. They gave them the majority of the match. This was not a kind of a, a hard fought, even though, you know, Bucks and, and Kenny did a bunch of cool stuff. But, I mean, this was a showcase for House of Black and really kind of a passing of the torch, more so than any of the other um, matches that we've seen in the trios um, league here. But, you know, it was funny. They started off with uh, Kenny and Buddy Matthews. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that was like um, – it was like a nod to like, you know, I think even Excalibur said something like, oh, you know, um, Buddy Matthews has been heavily influenced by Kenny Omega, which just means like he does a lot of his boo. <laughs> and uh, like he saw, uh, you know, we got those guys and then we saw uh, Alistair Black, sorry, uh, Alistair, Jesus Christ, what's his name? Malachi Black. Malachi. Um, they played that up like a potential like big like singles match, which I thought was very cool because that is a potential big singles match. Um, but yeah, this was just, I think the star of the entire match was Brody King, which uh, I particularly enjoyed because he gets bumped up about 500 levels in my book because he's the only wrestler who's on, I think you should leave. So that's why he's one of my favorite wrestlers. But, um, yeah, uh, they took most of the match passing of the torch, uh, very fun match also just like pure, this trio's title has been almost like a, because of its lineage, it's almost like a high-speed tag title uh, where it's just been like bonkers, off-the-wall matches. And now this upcoming Dynamite is like must-be television. Um, so yeah, I mean, this, the death match, the main event, uh, an absolute fantastic kind of trifecta for this pay-per-view and that's what this pay-per-view will be remembered for even though there was other really good stuff on the pay-per-view but there was absolutely standout matches there was uh you know i 
I think I said this last week. This is what happens when you go last. Like, bro, this was to me this showcase Brody King more than anybody else. He looked like a fucking beast, and he looked like yep. I was like, oh man, like he could, you know, challenge for the the big belt at some time. Also, Ding. like that's how that's how badass he looked. Buddy Matthews and Kenny Omega. It was like that Spider Man gift where they're just pointing at each other. You know, uh, obviously Kenny Omega. No, 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 I, I mean, now no, listen. No. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, no, no. Just because you dressed alike don't mean you could do the same things. Buddy Matthews is really, really fucking good. Yes. We've talked about it since yes. 205 Live. Yes. How great he is. Oh, yes. man, he had this match on 205 yes. Live. without he, question. He fucking rules. So, uh, but I'm not going to give him the yeah. gra- Grandpa Biff, Young Biff comparison. <laughs> I'm just saying I, w- I, I would watch those guys fight forever. I would have watched this match a long time. It was a showcase for House of Black. This is – this. The trio's title to me is now, in my head, it, it, it has is at a higher estimation than the tag titles. I mean, if you're going to have the trio's titles, is going to be the Lucha, Lucha Brothers and Pack, and then it's uh, a best of seven, and it's Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, and then it's House of Black. All of a sudden, I'm like, well, these these are where the big boys play. I mean, this is fucking. I mean, especially when you think about the. Tag. Is that because the guns are the tag team champions? I mean, yes, yes, it, absol- yeah. it absolutely yeah. I, I is. Be- it absolutely is because the guns are the tag champions. There's not much, not much you can say about this. Alist- or Malachi Black looked incredible in this. Uh, the uh, the Black Mass is still looks great. <laughs> like he still just he really hits it every fucking time. Looks like he's taking somebody's head off every fucking time. Also, Jesus. we we haven't even mentioned the Bucks. The Bucks are were their incredible selves throughout this entire match. What a banger! But it it's almost a, a victim. The the elite are almost a victim of their own success at this point because they just did a best of seven where the best is the, I mean, every single match topped itself and it's just like, okay, well, this is always must see TV. I'm going to watch the trio shit all the time until it's the guns and their dad that went in or something. Mm-hmm. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't shit. God damn. That, that's happening. Yeah. Every time. Every time I see the Bucks, I'm like, yep, they're the best. And every time I see Nick Jackson, I'm like, yep, he's better than Shawn Michaels, which is fucking insane. Dude, but okay, like, all right, I did, okay. I did see some people on Twitter it. calling the Bucks a one-trick pony, which That's is... just the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life, or ever, ever heard it, it offended me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what else do you... What else... <laughs> What else? Do you- I'm just now as catching a, as it. a pony. Yeah. <laughs> uh, would you start at the top? Uh, Ricky Starks beats Chris Jericho. Um, once again, homegrown talent. I think in Ricky Starks wins is a good thing. Chris Jericho is made obviously. No problem with that. Um, Christian Cage uh, loses to Jungle Boy in a. I'll just call it uh, the final burial of burial live match, match. What, coffin match, yeah. whatever you want to call it. Um, I said it on Twitter that when I was watching it, uh, we I think we just saw Jungle Boy grow up right here. He had to when he had to do what he had to do. He did it. It was a great match. Uh, the coffin slam where the coffin flops down, and we've all seen it. I'm. I don't. I'm, <laughs> did somebody say coffin flop? <laughs> Some people say coffin flops. Not a show. They said that I don't to know me. What to tell you, bud. <laughs> I didn't do shit. They said that to me at a dinner. I don't know if that was planned or not, 
if it wasn't oh, yeah, planned, it was planned. If it wasn't planned, it, that was just amazing. If it was planned, then, you know, it is what it is. But either way, it was a nice little cherry on top of the uh, the match where Jungle Boy finally gets his proper win over Christian Cage. Somebody said proper win to me the other day when I was talking about how it wasn't into this match. And I was like, okay, well, then fuck it. Let's just see what happens. Jungle Boy wins. He should have won the, the way he won it. Like I said, you saw the... It was I a guess good the, end for a feud. For well, no, a, the, the, the week before he hesitated. five-year-long feud. <laughs> the week before he hesitated <laughs> pulling the trigger, and, he, and it cost him. At Revolution, he did hesitate. He did what he had to do and obviously won the match. The women's uh, three-way, you had Soraya versus Ruby Soho versus the champion, Jamie Hayter. Jamie Hayter wins. Uh, pins Ruby Soho. And then the switch happens. God bless Ruby Soho. I'm not even going to say that she flipped on Jamie Hayter. That it is what it is. I wasn't going. I'm not going to sit here and say I called it or saw this shit coming. I, I honestly popped when I was like, "Oh shit!" You got kicked in the face. God damn it. So of course I'm a little mad because I'm a Jamie Hayter mark. But just to kind of preview Dynamite, Ruby Soho has been the only one that at least has made sense of the heel turn. Soraya just Soraya and Tony just flipped heel for just whatever reason. Go, connect the dots. Ruby Soho at least said, hey, this is the reason why I'm pissed at you motherfuckers. Her promo on Dynamite was really good. Uh, really, really, really good. Really good or good. Yeah. Uh, and at least get what made me in, was like, okay. In kayfabe style, it didn't really style. make sense why she went through the whole match and then turned at the end. Is it because she got so pissed off that she couldn't beat Jamie Hayter? That strikes one. Uh, that strikes two and three in the words of Ricky Bobby. Okay, then why? I, I don't know. It, it it was fine. It was fine. They were in a they were in a really tough spot. Wardlow and Samoa Joe were in a really tough spot coming after the well. They, I think Samoa and Wardlow, Samoa Joe and Wardlow came right after Hangman and Moxley, yep. and the women's match came right after the trios match. Yep, both really tough spots because there were no, there were no popcorn matches, and so shit gets turned into popcorn matches, or like we like to call them around here, shower <laughs> matches. <laughs> I think you motherfuckers are gonna say that shit, but. Uh, re- real quick, uh, before we get too far into it, I want to. Uh, Give the uh, point totals for predictions last week because that's what we do around here. Coming in first, Jason Cornelius Bell with 10 points. Nice thank you, job, thank you. Jason Cornelius Bell. Appreciate you. Uh, coming in second with eight points was two beers, Zach Pullman. Okay, uh, what's next, Jason? Um, <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to take it, don't uh, com- take it now? No? Com- okay. Com- coming in last week. Coming in last week with six points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that Brian Davidson pick. <laughs> so you should have just jumped on well, the bandwagon. Zach and, I, Zach and I also put the guns, which I guess is where, or, unless there's something else you guys want to say about Joe and Wardlow. Or, we haven't even talked about it yet. What's I, okay. Say, I okay, really and I, okay, I think this is, you're kind of making my point. It was it was just a breather match. I mean, it's hard. It's impossible for them to follow up. I'm not saying it was impossible to follow up, but just I don't know. This is the second six months ago, nine months ago. Wardlow was arguably the hottest baby face in wrestling, not in AEW, in wrestling. You had crowd, you had crowds chanting his fucking name. He got cooled off. Okay, so part of the reason why. 
it, maybe it was just kind of like, eh. Hey, Joe is hot as hell. Okay, Joe is that one of the hotter baby faces in AEW. I love the, you know, the king of TV fucking gimmick he's got going on. It's giving Joe his, you know, I won't say his flowers. We'll give him his props. No, for you, I'll say we're giving him his props. So he's on a on a nice little roll, and Warlow is kind of is on the complete opposite. He's now starting to get built back up. I didn't. I wasn't even sure that I would even wanted Warlow to win, just because I like Joe so much right now. Warlow should win. But I like Joe so much that I, I probably like some other people that wasn't from California because, you know, Samoa Joe is from Southern California, so that's basically his home court. I can understand why some people... Uh, I think he's from Samoa. Like, it's right there in his name. <laughs> I understand why some people were upset that he lost the match, okay? You, he, he shouldn't lose at quote-unquote home court, whatever. Who was upset but, that he lost the match? There's going to be some people that are just going to be homers. The, my bigger point is this, is that Samoa Joe is so hot right now, and Wardlow is just starting. They didn't even build Wardlow back up to get to the point where now you feel like he should have won it. When he won, it was just kind of like, uh, okay. I guess that's it makes part, sense. That's that's part of it. But the problem is Warlow wasn't built back up to where now you feel like he's on the level of where Joe is. That's part of it, definitely. And But I'm saying this, is that a better wrestler versus Samoa Joe could have gotten the crowd back. Listen, Warlow was super hot. He's just not that – I mean, he's not – He's not a technical master. Like, that's not – I'm not – it's not even a slight on him. It's just, like, you're right. They should have struck while the iron was hot. But the reason that match felt like such a breather is because it was – it's a plodding style between those two. Not necessarily between Joe. Joe can fight anybody. Wardlow fights in a slow, plodding style. He's not a high-energy guy. For better or for worse, that's – that's uh, Zach, what do you think? I don't know about all that. Oh, you think he's a? Uh, you think he's a? You think he's a technical? You think he's Timothy Thatcher out there? He didn't. He's not. He's not. He was never meant to be. He was squashing motherfuckers left and right. You acting like he was Zack Saber Junior for like nine months, and then all of a sudden, no, now he's not. No, 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 no. That's not. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying. But I'm. You saying, said technical. You said Timothy Thatcher. Timothy Thatcher is not Wardlow, and no. he's not going to be. Wardlow's claim to fame was stomping motherfuckers out. Right, and I said that's part of it. I, I, I was giving you your flowers there. Uh, <laughs> I was, uh, you know, I, I was all based about that drip. But uh, <laughs> what I'm, what I'm saying is, is that uh, <laughs> that's, that world. <laughs> I wish that was for smoking weed. I will spit that beer in his face. <laughs> I wrote down I wrote down drip earlier as the new slang that you will never hear me say. Uh, but I'm just saying, like that they, they could have gotten they could have gotten the crowd back. It was just, I'm. It's a tough spot for a match like Ward for a Wardlow match to be in to go after that Hangman Moxley. If they would have opened up the show with Joe and Wardlow, it might might not have been the splashiest opener, but the crowd would have been way hotter. Is what I'm saying. It was a tough place in the card. There's if no you, argument if you, against if that. You would have put the, if you would have put the uh, the tag team match instead of this, it would have been the same reaction. I agree. So let's, it's not just. No, no, it wouldn't have been the same reaction. Yeah. No, no, no. Not with Danhausen. 
dude. Dan Housen and Cassidy are over, man. Okay, listen, we we don't have to belabor the point. Okay, Zach, what do you think? Match, I don't really have much to say about uh, as far as the dynamics. Jason mentioned how Mojo is uh, over as a baby face, which is true, but he's positioned as a heel. No, 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 no. I'm ta- I'm saying in in San Francisco. Okay, it would be like Randy Orton losing in St. Louis when he's, he lost to gender. San Diego. That's eight <laughs> mile, That's eight hours away. That's not, I don't. Yeah, I don't think that matters. I just think people I think like it's a, Joe I think it's a like small, Orton. small point. Very small point. The bigger point is that they didn't build Ward go back up to where now you feel like he should be fucking with Joe. Can't spell Jason Bell was, without two L's. Uh, what's uh, what's what's coming? <laughs> he's that was. Uh, <laughs> the motherfucker is wrong with you. <laughs> hang on, man. Hang on. Hang on. Re- repeat who just won this week. <laughs> he can't spell Bill without two either. That's <laughs> okay, motherfucker. That's what you should have said. Your motherfucker. <laughs> can't spell Zach Fulton without one. <laughs> he came in second, man. He beats you. You That's can't one L. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Zach. I'm sorry. He was talking shit. I was just like, look, man. Hang on. What you mean two L's? What you mean what L? No, um, I will say I really enjoyed the Christian uh, Jungle Boy match. It was exactly what it should have been. Um, really glad that Ricky Starks won, but like, I don't know what you do with him. I don't know what you do with Jungle Boy, especially with Hobbs winning. I feel like maybe you have one of those guys win Cassidy's belt. There's so many belts to go around. You feel like you should have like something, <laughs> something for him. But what, what are you going to do? Uh, with these guys um, is the key, but no, despite that, like people just like Samoa Joe more than they like Wardlow, and I mm-hmm. think that is the the problem is because, like you said, Wardlow was super hot, and honestly, I think you blame you blame Max and you blame CM Punk for that because um, you know Max did his whole like weird shit that weekend that he was that he jobbed to. Wardlow. Wardlow should be fucking fighting for that title. The last time we saw Wardlow and Max in the ring, Max was destroyed. Like, that alone should be, like, they should just be heating him up so that he can challenge for the belt. I'm not saying he wins it. I absolutely don't think he's AEW world champion material. But as far as a contender, like a dude that would be a legitimate threat to Max, like in kayfabe, like, I don't know why they're not positioning that. Like, having him win that TNT belt and then lose it, I get why they did it, but it's just, I don't know. Uh, it is funny to me. I it, don't get why they did it. There's got to be something. Well, they, I guess they just didn't want Hobbs to beat Joe because they're both supposed to be heels, right? They wanted, like, so? a baby face. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just saying I think that's why. <laughs> I'm, not saying it's, I'm not saying it's, like, good. I just I kind of, like, at least understand – the reasoning, even if I don't agree with it, um, yeah, I, I think you can do face face heel heel, and it's fine. But uh, but anyway, uh, I also like the women's match. I thought it overachieved. I was actually pleasantly surprised mm-hmm. with that. But uh, the Ruby Riot turn was like very mad to me, and also like I know you guys like her promo, and I think her delivery was really good. But her her kayfabe reasoning. The same fucking shit we see all the time. Like I did this because of the fans, and I'm like, that's so 
fucking just reminds me of that Becky Lynch heel turn. Like, because of the fans, they're all cheering her. Like, she's like, oh, you guys booed me. And they're, like, literally cheering her as she's, like, doing the promo. <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. Uh, but she did a good job. She got some booze. Um, she got a lot of booze. Yeah, I was getting ready to say that. Let's not yeah. sell that shit. She was I getting booed. Like I don't like the because of the fans line. Uh, I just feel like it's lazy. Uh, no, no. She We've brought up Chris so Statlander. Times. She brought up the Chris Statlander match when she lost. When she beat Chris Statlander, and the crowd booed the shit out of her. Yeah. And then post match, that's, that's, that's why I was just like, "Yeah, kind of I remember that." It's kind of a, you know, what's funny is it's just kind of a bummer for her because it's kind of true in her case. Right? They really did shit on her. They yeah, booed the dog awesome. shit out that but woman. I mean, listen, listen. I, I, I don't agree. With two beer here, but like I will say, like if if you're of the belief that blaming the fans is lazy and you're sick of it as a trope, that's that's fine with me. Like I, I have no argument with that. It doesn't really bother it doesn't really bother me so much because you're trying to get heat. But I mean, if like if that's your take, that's completely fine. I will say that. Did you say her delivery wasn't good? Or you say her delivery was good? No, I, I said her delivery was good, and she got good reaction yeah, from I, it. So I mean, I, it all succeeded. I was just, I was just disappointed because I just heard that so many times. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then the the only match that we haven't talked about is the the tag team match, uh, which I'll tell you what, this one really sucked the air. It was the only <laughs> time the air got sucked out of the room. The, the yeah. crowd was disappointed when the guns went over, and that is not heat. Everybody, that is X-Pac heat. That is go away heat. <laughs> that 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 the air got sucked out of the room. They that oh, crowd that, that crowd would have taken any other team winning that belt except for the Guns. Data pop for Jeff Jarrett. I was getting ready to say I'm no not, doubt. I, I wasn't I, sure if you. That's we, the only one. That's just probably my hatred of Jeff Jarrett. Can we I say that say Jeff hey. Jarrett was great in this match? I oh will my not. god, he's so good. He was, he was so, so good. good in this I match. Will not. <laughs> I, I, I no. actually, I would go so far as to say he was the best part of this match. What uh, the fuck? Danhausen was really good in this match. Danhausen was good. Yeah. Danhausen yeah. was really <laughs> okay, good. Okay, I, okay, I could see that. Tonight, <laughs> he was wearing like some blouse. Color uh, so good. Anyway, uh, you know, we we don't have to. We'll we'll get the dynamite later. Um, but. This was a disappointing finish, and not just because I picked the guns third to last or second. For, well, you know what I mean. Yeah. Not just because I picked them. That crowd was ready to erupt for the acclaimed or erupt for Cassidy and Danhausen or boo Jarrett and Lethal. I guess they're calling them Triple J, what, whatever. Ugh. That Yeah, it's really bad. Gross. It's not naturally limitless bad, but it's pretty bad. What? Um... That's bad, bad. That they they don't have any heat. They have go away heat. Nobody likes them. Everybody likes their dad more. They're they're not. They're. I'll tell you what. Their dad's not doing them any favors by being a babyface against them either. Do you agree with that? Honestly, it's I not think even... this was the time to 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 turn Billy. If you were gonna have the guns go over, would have been way different. Would have been a way different reaction in the room. And by the way, the crowd was incredible. Just an incredible crowd. From start to finish. The whole night. Yeah, they really were. And uh, we'll get to Raw later, but that was also a great crowd. I don't mm -hmm. know where Raw was, 
but um, I forget. But anyway, um, so we're going to do it again. We're going to say, Zach, go ahead and give me your grade for AEW Revolution 2023. A. Jason. Agreed. Wow. Yep, I'll give it an A. It was tremendous. What you mean, wow, man? Well, you know, like... Well, you, Royal Rumble was shit, and I'll, sit, I'll stand on that shit. Royal, what, I'll like, what stand you, on you it. Gave it like an H C minus. You gave it like an H C plus or something? C minus. <laughs> I will stand on it <laughs> to this day. Fucking insane. Uh, to but, this day! Okay, that's fine. Uh, so, like I told you guys, I have a, I have a, I'm doing a running total now of, uh, of B for Awards. Uh, there was uh, one match of the year, Beefer, that I put here just as a contender. And I think that uh, this is one of those pay-per-views I don't want to forget by the end of the year when we start talking about pay-per-view of the it year. It can get lost in the shuffle for sure. I don't want to – and that, that's natural because it, it's going to be 10 months from now or 11 months from now. But – or 10 or 9 or 10 months. But this was a tremendous pay-per-view. It made me think I should start watching more of them sober, and then I was like, nah. <laughs> what, are you stupid? Nah. <laughs> I, I was with Zach on this. I was kind of like, I, I don't know, I don't know. But in the yeah, back be- of my mind, you know, I was like, AEW usually does a good fucking job when it comes to the pay-per-view portion of their program. The, the and story, really, the, I mean, it all comes down to the main event. The storytelling of the main event, the, the story progression from the main event for one of your main characters of MJF, the actual enjoyment of watching the main event. Not the execution not, of the match. The execu- yeah, thank you. Not just the meta or the semi-meta of like what you think about the story going on, but just thinking about the execution of it couldn't have been better. Can we talk just real quick? Can we talk about MJF throwing the water on the kid? Was that, Okay, so... <laughs> the tequila... I, the tequila on the kid. Well, I thought it was I, water too. I have I have uh, seen people there like that was probably set up like set up right. Uh, you know because the mom's reaction for those of you that might have missed it because I missed it the first time watching. Nah, I saw that shit immediately. I was well, like, it was about ten minutes in, fifteen minutes in, give or take. Yeah, and it was M- fairly MJF early. is kind of walking around, uh, you know, being a dick, just selling it, you know, and. There's a kid sitting down with a belt around, and he's got his hood, you know, a little black kid with his mom standing right there. And I don't know why MJF got mad at him, but he grabbed, and the mom wasn't doing anything either, and they were sitting in the front row. He grabbed the drink and kind of threw it on the kid's belt. Like, he didn't throw it in the kid's face. The kid had the hood pulled way down over his face, so you couldn't even see the kid. The mom's reaction was very over the top. Yes. And that's why I think a lot of people are like, this was a plant. It was a the plant, fa- the right? Face, the facial expression for, okay, for the guy in the room that doesn't have kids, if you're going to take my Budweiser, because I wouldn't be drinking tequila, if you're going to take my Budweiser or my Mountain Dew, or whatever the fuck I want to drink at that point. I just said it because you, you say I don't drink Mountain Dew, but I have a case of Mountain I'd Dew. I'd be way do. more pissed off about <laughs> him throwing my $15 drink right. in my Okay! I wish a See, motherfucker somebody, would. Man, somebody this, like actually posted the price of a double tequila at that venue, and it was like over $20. I wish a motherfucker would. And on my child, too? But, but there wasn't that much in it. 
Shit. I honestly don't know where I am on this. I don't know if it was a work or not. Because somebody somebody filmed a person from AEW walking up to the kid in between matches and giving him a bunch of, like, merch. And they said that the kid came back and met Powerhouse Hobbs. I watched uh, the clip from the press conference where MJF addressed it and Tony Khan addressed it. I honestly I didn't see that. MJF's like, oh, I forget the kid's name was Titus, and Tony Khan's like, you know, Max and I had a very serious conversation. We take this very seriously. I still can't tell if it's a work or not. And you know what? Good I love, shit. I love that. If, I love that. I am. I am one hundred percent. Like, I. I really think that it could have been legitimate just because I totally think that uh, a a Maxwell Jacob Friedman who's super rich and 26 and at the top of like pro wrestling like living his dream has incredibly bad judgment <laughs> like you know there's like, that too I, yes I, there, yes I can see, it see being John Morant there's that too and the and the, the 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 thing is that I think if it was a work he probably would have splashed it in the kid's face or poured it over his. But it's like he went to do it, and he knew that what he was doing should he shouldn't have done it. So he kind of threw it like lower right. on the kid's body, right? Instead of in the kid's face, right? I honestly, I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I don't real, know either. If if I was a betting man, I don't know what I would bet on. I guess I would bet on it being real. My, I agree. What you just said. Totally makes sense. So I have my beer in my hand, and the makeshift ashtray is the little boy. Like right here is like where MJF is like, I probably shouldn't be doing this, right? But I'm already in, and he went down down low low instead of of going into the face. If it was a, if it was a, a not a human, but an adult human, it would have been in the face and then deal with the consequences afterwards. That was probably the one MJF flickering moment of just being <laughs> a decent human. Like, I'm going to throw it in your fucking lap. It, I'll say this, though. If it was a work, incredible. Yeah, Just got incredible. Me. Got me. Because I was like, motherfucker, uh, how you going to let this dude walk away? <laughs> I've, watched, I've watched the five-second gif probably a hundred times and i've watched the longer video of it probably five times i don't know i really don't like back into the left back back (laughs) now that's one magic tequila let's get to that two count (laughs) yeah y'all wrong two beer what's the two count uh two count we'll talk about wwe main roster because that shit has been fire lately for the most part and uh, let's talk about SmackDown opens up with like dude like this is just a great week of wrestling like it's got weird. like he's doing WWE just, I don't, I don't, I don't it was right dope <laughs> no no it just it feels actually usually I do WWE he does AEW I thought he was gonna do Dynamite like you know piggyback off that shit that's okay man do WWE play he's a professional he knows that we need a breather from it okay do, do your thing nigga. do your thing <laughs> It was real good. Um, started off SmackDown. I didn't get to watch SmackDown until uh, this week, actually, because um, my weekends are very busy. You know, I just um, have a lot of uh, like sexual obligations. <laughs> and 
<laughs> Damn it, Tara, can you give the man a break? <laughs> I know, Shit. It's just exhausting. I'm dehydrated. Okay. Uh, I don't know. A little piece of meat over there. Yeah, but uh, but anyway, so I finally got to watch it, and uh, it opened with Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes, mm. and uh, dude, these guys are just two pros. This was this was like something that I think we might talk about next year at the Beefers mm-hmm. uh, as far <laughs> as like an interchange. A, I already put an asterisk on it. It was like that. <laughs> Roman Reigns, be like, nah, you ain't gonna be taking my promo of the year title next year, motherfucker. You gonna at least talk about me? Yeah. So you know starts with like Cody, you know, asking him to send away the bloodline, you know, unless you think you need him. <laughs> and uh, then it was like a legitimate face to face. He told you. And, you know, then Cody did the thing where he built up Roman, which Roman doesn't necessarily need built up, but he, you know, he builds him up as this like impossible mountain to climb, you know, uh, you know, basically like then runs down his pedigree but not in the sense of like championships like he built up his underdog pedigree which i thought was incredibly clever um of cody because he is an underdog in the situation and uh, he's the underdog baby face and you know he's saying everybody's doubted me i was like never gonna get out of orton's shadow never gonna survive stardust my friends and I couldn't draw 10,000 fans to our little indie show that, you know, we actually drove up to Chicago to see. No <laughs> so we were all there. Uh, and, you know, this is just like the next in line of like impossible things that he's going to, that he's going to do. And I thought that was excellent. And then Roman Reigns claps back with Ooh. another excellent promo. Lord have mercy. And like, I actually, like, actually, yeah. hang on, hang on. I want, I, I don't yeah. want to cut you off. I just, I got to do this for thirty seconds. I hate to cut you off. When Roman threw down the the belts, it was the best in, part in front of him. He's like, "So, what do you want to talk about?" I was like, "Oh, oh. Ho, 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 ho. now it's on." That's that that's the evolution of Roman Reigns right there. Three, four years ago, he would have never been able to do that shit, and we would have never been able to invest in that shit because right. we would have never believed, believed it. it. He was so corny as a fucking baby face, and this fucking run of the head of the table, the tribal chief, with his this heel run made that moment so unbelievably dope. I was just like, well, damn. <laughs> you know, you know who he was in that moment. He was John Cena delivering a, a promo to a young Roman Reigns. <laughs> like that's how like, he evolved. I'm not gonna go that far because Ro- the young Roman Reigns is is nowhere near as good as Cody is right now. But no, I but what get I mean is point. like the confidence level. Yes, for the, sure, for know, sure, like, is hey, totally come for a promo, circle. Kid. You're going to need to learn how to do one if you're going to be this top guy. Yes. That kind of shit. Yes. Um, okay. Now you can take that little clip and so, show, you know, I, this I, clip, Jay Uso, listen, Jimmy Uso, whomever. I'm just going to say that's not the first time that that John Cena promo will be referenced in this podcast. In this two kind. Right. Yeah, in this two kind. I was say, looks kind of familiar, huh? I have thoughts. Just to describe Razor's promo, like I love that he like was so cocky. He congratulated Cody on practicing this promo all week, which mm-hmm. is very funny because we know that Cody does that, uh, and it's obvious he's so practiced at it. And we just know that that's something that he does. And um, 
you know, like you said, throwing on the belt saying, like, you ever won one of these? You ever even competed for one of these? I'm like, man, you need to punch this motherfucker. I'm not even smiling. I, I think I think yeah. it was I think it was the best promo of Rowan's career. I'm like, you need to. Put, I'm like, at that point, I'm mad for Cody. I I'm hate, like, okay, you, okay. What you what, I, what you say? I hate to get caught up in the superlatives, but I think it was the best promo of Roman's career. I was anticipating that promo exchange being like, this is not going to deliver. It's not going to do. I I think that I was the one on this podcast that said. I wouldn't mind if they just kept each other away from each other until WrestleMania and just had to be Heyman versus Cody. Yeah. I need to stop doubting I'm these glad it was <laughs> no, also, Me too. We also desperately needed that road, uh, like impersonation from Reigns, which was not only was that so good and so funny, but then he led into, um, yeah, he told me all these things. He's like, you know what he used to say about you? Mm. Nothing. Man, it was so good. Fuck. Like, see, now I you just, need to punch this motherfucker down. Now, I don't know if they need to talk again before WrestleMania because I think that that was good enough, maybe for a go home show on Raw or something like that. Because they need to face each other one we more know, time. We know the go home show of SmackDown is never anything, it's always just uh, vignettes and. Whatever. It's a, it's a night before night one. By the uh, way, the, the vignette of that promo on Raw where they intercut stuff with Cody and Ted, Ted, Ted DiBiase. And Legacy. Late, thank you. And Stardust and everything. It was like. Damn. It gave me chills. Damn. I was like, this is fucking. This Damn. is so badass. Let's get this to it. This is why I said last week, it is no knock against Sammy. It's not. No. I'm, I'm, I am. This is the Cody Rhodes am, story. I am psyched for this match. You should be. Okay, damn it. This is going to be. If Listen, you can, we, so, can make one more promo out of this, it would be great. If not, that's fine. If you can leave it at this, and I will still be ready for the match. We've on seen Sunday. three pay per view matches with Cody since he came to WWE. All three of them were Seth Rollins, who's a great worker. All three of them were incredible. Two of them were finalists for me for WWE Match of the Year. I am very much looking forward to I I think they have a pretty good idea of what they want to do with it. I don't know if they know who's going to win. I'm just going to say this. I'm just going to throw it out there because it's been on my mind today after Uh-oh. I saw the Puerto Rico announcement, I think it was yesterday, where the next three pay-per-view matches after WrestleMania – are going to be Puerto Rico for Backlash in a stadium, uh, Riyadh for King and Queen of the Ring, and then the third pay-per-view after WrestleMania it's is in London. I thought it's Money in the Bank. bank. It's in yeah in the UK. Right? Are they really going to have three stadium events without Roman Reigns as champion? I don't know. It doesn't seem like it. It seems strange to me. So I'm just throwing a little bit of doubt into your guys' head because we got we don't have we don't have picks until our three hundredth show, which is a couple weeks from now. But uh, I didn't mean to hijack your count. But I really do think that this was Roman Reigns' best promo of his life. No, you're fine. Uh, I. I think that you're probably right. I can't think of a better one off the top of my head, except for his uh, 
his like what uh, five word promo of it's my yard now. Uh, but the only other one that was the one but, I keep uh, thinking of. But that's all. This is more nuanced. Only four words. Shit. Yeah. It's the it's the best four words oh, yeah. ever said. Four words. That's the. But I mean. You know, it's the Roman Reigns promo of the year for the beefer. I mean, that's no – I was that's pissing. I, I'm sure Zach said it, but, I mean, there's there's a reason it's called that. Because he's the best <laughs> promo in the history of wrestling. That kicked that motherfucker off. When we when we called it the beefer for the Roman Reigns, beef, Roman Reigns beefer for promo of the year, it was ironic because his best promo was him not saying anything and just getting booed. Yeah. And it, it's – it's actually come around full circle to where he's like a tremendous fucking almost perfect promo. Yeah. And we'll get to it later, but I'll, I'll say this right now. Uh, he's a better promo than Cena's ever been. Oh! Ooh. All right. Uh, so we had uh, domination from the, um, the Judgment Day. Rhea Ripley defeated Liv Morgan. Um, and just hard to not think about how hot both of those women are, and I'm a feminist. Uh, He's up. But uh, then we had Dominic Mysterio defeating Santos Escobar, which it's funny because Santos Escobar, his like whole NXT run was a was a heel, and he's like a really good heel. And then I was like, well, I was like that was a babyface. Like even though he lost, like his moveset's very babyface. So I was like, this is kind of cool. They so, want they people uh, want to cheer him. Yeah, you know, it might exactly. be it so might I'm be like, the Dom and Ray factor, but people what I, I'll hmm. tell you, I'll tell you what though it I'm might gonna, be the Dom factor you say I, I'm going to be pissed off though if if for some reason Ray doesn't fight Dom at WrestleMania <laughs> and like what and put Santo Escobar up there as his proxy or something I'm just saying if they do something stupid like that I'm not going to like it okay let me, uh, Dom won on on Friday it's Dom is in Ray's face. Hit me. Hit me. It'd be different if Santos won this match. I would at least okay, I'm just, give you benefit of the doubt. Listen, I can't. It's it's our podcast, I thought. I thought I could, it say, is. I thought I could say my feelings. I, I did. I didn't yell at you. I, 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 don't yell <laughs> at me. Right. In 298 episodes, you know if I'm coming don't at yell, you or don't not. Don't yell at me, Mommy. <laughs> um, the, so they, they did set up. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Zach. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was, uh, that's it for those, but, um, they had Drew come out and challenge Gunther, which I think, you know, Brock not facing Gunther, like, Drew is, like, the next best thing. Like, that match is going to be low-key, maybe match of the night, depending on whichever night it's on. Oh, I think we're, but, um, I think we're getting a triple threat. I think yeah, we're getting... Yeah, because we, with Sheamus. With Sheamus, Yeah. Because they're having a fight. By the way, yeah, that's what I was going to say. You stole my thunder. Go ahead. And LA Knight is LA Knight is part of it. Good so let's just have it. No, it's good to see let's just have them all. Let's have it's because it's LA Knight, Drew McIntyre, Sheamus, Karrion Cross, and Cross, Kofi and Kingston. Kofi Kingston as the five way to see who is facing. Gunther at WrestleMania. So, who do you think is going to go over there, uh, Zach? Who's going to go over in the in which match? In the five way, yeah. Do you think it's going to be a triple oh. threat, or do you think we're getting a one on one match with Gunther? Uh, triple threat probably sounds more likely. Give those guys a payday, and plus, like Sheamus and Gunther had this amazing match. Like, so uh, I think we we have that going. 
Um, honestly, as much as it, and I would love to, it, 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 there's no wrong answer. <laughs> you know, ultimately, where I'm starting to think about it, there's no wrong answer. Gunther versus Drew would be a great match. Gunther versus Drew versus Gunther. Or versus verse, Gunter versus now that Drew would be versus, something, yeah, right? Yeah, I say there's the uh, the Spider Man, you know, get the, pointing at each other. You think the Gunthers might team up on <laughs> Gunther? <laughs> Gunther versus Drew versus Sheamus would be just as good. There's no wrong answer. I agree with Two Beer on this one. I think you're going to want to have Sheamus on. Both guys have some beef against Gunther, and now they kind of teased beef against each other on Friday night. It kind of makes sense. Some how they get there, I have no idea because that means, you know, they've both been pinned or something along those lines. Where now, get, yeah, yeah, they I pin just, each other. Yes, it, the way they're getting there is going to be a shitty kind of way that they're going to get there because somehow they both have a claim on going against Gunther. It's like when. Uh... Yeah, you know. When Brody Lee and what's-his-name both fell out of the ring at the same time, but they didn't really fall. It was Brody Lee and uh, – what was Brody Lee's name? Uh, Luke Harper? Luke Harper. Luke Harper and AJ Styles, they were supposed to fall out at the same time. They didn't, but they see, acted like they did. See, you went way deeper than that. I was just going to stick with Batista and uh, John Cena where fucking – Vince had to come down to, to sell the shit. He tore his quads, you know. It's on, yeah, you know, it's it's on uh, our YouTube page, you know, make it all kind of connect. But, you uh, know, that's just me. Good job. Thank you. <laughs> Go ahead, Zach. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Um, you know, we can skip some shit. Um, no, but I do want to say how hilariously bad the Bobby Lashley segment was with um, Bray Wyatt. Uh, Uncle Howdy comes out, jumps him from behind, and then Lashley, like, no nonsense, just, like, shrugs out of his, like, expensive suit coat and, like, spine busters this dude, which is awesome. And then the lights go out and he disappears. And I'm like, oh, well, like, what happened? I don't know. It's just kind of annoying. You can see why Brock didn't want to be a part of that shit. Yes! Uh, I said it on Twitter. I was like, yep. I can totally see why Brock was like, eh, I'm good. Yeah, it was like, uh, be, yeah, be part of this uh, super dead Bray Wyatt thing or get into this super hot uh, Omos <laughs> thing. Yeah. Fuck it. I'll take Omos. I'll throw him around yeah. five minutes. Saturday or Sunday? Yeah, it's like, exactly. Like, Brock's like, oh, yeah, like, I'll beat this big fucker Brock is, Brock is um, minus 1,800 to win that match. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about odds next week. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll, go, we'll go through the betting odds next week. We're going to talk about betting odds next week. We we, we got to get He's Joey. to throw another black man into the, the third row. <laughs> yeah, yeah, safe no. bet Brock wins he that He does match. not job the black dudes. <laughs> Not his style. Nope. Nope. That dude, is, that dude is Nordic. <laughs> then we had uh main event was Solo Sokoa and Sami Zayn. It's good for Solo Sokoa to get a main event. Like, I know it's like, I you know, like he's undefeated. Um, and he defeated Sami Zayn here. Like, granted, there was a little bit of interference. But, um, you know, I don't think without, I wonder, you know, like, just this whole like kind of connection, this like storyline, like you know, it's good for Solo Sokoa. Like this guy was just on NXT like very recently, mm-hmm. so um, you know, good for him. Um, 
I just wish the same thing would be one person with a blue thunder bomb so I could believe that that's a actual pin right. at some point. But um, regardless, uh, after the match, you know, they got there was a beat down and um, you know, uh, kind of a little bit of complication to the uh, bloodline storyline. But the uh, same, you know, ended up taking kind of getting some heat back even though he lost and uh, laying out both those guys before escaping through the crowd. So that was cool. But uh, yeah, I mean, a good episode of SmackDown. So kind of moving on to um, the the Raw show. You know, we've got uh, Paul Heyman, Jimmy Uso, Silva Sokoa show up and, um, you know, do the, the continuation of the Bloodline thing. And then we open up with Kevin Owens defeating Solo Sokoa. But... By a disqualification, so he still hasn't been pinned or submitted or anything. But um, Solo Sokoa you know, is one of the most protected guys on the roster right now. Yeah, a hundred percent. Guy never loses. It, there would have been no shame in him losing to KO. Done. But also, KO could have easily lost to Solo. And could he? Oh, I think so. I think that KO at this point I don't in this storyline, KO was pretty Teflon. I was going to say, it, yeah, especially with the bill going. I think with where they're going. Right? Yeah. It would have been a little bit, of, not even a little bit, but unless it was some serious bloodline fuckery going on and you don't have them at full strength at this point. This is, I had no problem with KO going over, especially in a, a disqualification. It's going kind over of like, in a DQ. It's not really yeah, going it's not over. Even, uh, yeah. He won the match. Okay, but, better choice of words. Uh, the key thing was that Sami Zayn saved Kevin Owens, and Kevin Owens uh, did not reciprocate. Uh, spoiler alert for the end of the show, and he did not show appreciation at all. So we're only a few weeks out from Mania, Good. and we're still slow building, which is great. I'm into it. Um, means the pop's going to be that much bigger. Yep. Um, I'm going to fast forward a little bit for the sake of brevity. I don't think we have anything else to say, uh, but I will skip into Ms. TV. This is very funny. Not only wait, wait, today. are we are we skipping Carmella and Chelsea Green? Okay, I guess we'll get into Miss TV then. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, but uh, I like them. By the way, Ms. I think TV. they're be just horrible, just horribly bad in a good way. Nobody cares. We're. Uh, I'm sitting there watching this. I care about your opinion, Jason. I just don't care about Chelsea Green and Carmella. I was going to say, this is our joke. podcast. Sorry, Zach. You have another podcast to talk about all your other stuff. This is WWE. We ain't talk, this, we don't talk about WWE on That's that the other podcast. podcast. <laughs> find it anywhere you find podcasts. <laughs> that other podcast. <laughs> this motherfucker. <laughs> say, Zach going to be talking about this shit. As, you know, you hear some... <laughs> oh fuck! I'm on fire! Right. <laughs> Sorry, Zach. Go ahead. I was trying to skip things for brevity. But... <laughs> That's kind of my point. Go ahead. I'm sorry. So, um, so we had Seth Rollins, Logan Paul face to face on this TV, and uh, the reason I find this funny is because my wife, as an outsider, uh, shed some light onto this, which was very funny to me. She's like, what the fuck is up with Seth Rollins? Because she knows who Seth Rollins is. Like, low-key, I think she's cute. Or, I think she thinks that he's cute, so that's why she's, like, kind of tuned into him. <laughs> and uh, she's what like, what the fuck, fuck is he wearing? I'm like, and she's like, what is he doing? Because, you know, he does his whole thing, and he's strutting around <laughs> the ring. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, 
was like his new character. I'm like, you know, I was like, I don't hate it. I was like, um, the fans are loving it. So I kind of give him some benefit of the doubt. But, um, you know, the the crowd is into it. And I hated his last couple characters. And this one's like, not bad. Uh, I was like, but he does come off as kind of a douchebag. And then I got to talking about how much I like Logan Paul. And I never thought I would like him because he is such a douchebag. And Terry's like, well, if you look at these two guys, she's like, Seth Rollins is like a douchebag. Yeah, so Seth Rollins is like the douchebag. Like, he's the guy that I wouldn't actually want to hang out with. I'm like, man, I was like, that is very insightful, but totally true. Like, Logan Paul was a great heel in this segment, and Seth Rollins was doing well as a babyface, but they came off as opposites, um, at least to me as a viewer. Like, I'm like rooting for Logan Paul uh, instead of Seth Rollins. I don't know what you guys think. Well, what I would say to your beautiful bride, who I respect and like very much, um, and who is family to me, what I would say is that as the audience, she doesn't really carry the same, uh, she doesn't carry the relationship into that segment that that the most of the crowd does with Seth Rollins. So people have come along Seth Rollins with this journey, and Seth Rollins has you know, by hook or by crook, become a babyface with this particular character. Mm-hmm. And it it's it's a very gradual thing. I can see how somebody would drop in on Raw and be like, what the fuck is this dude's deal? <laughs> <laughs> like, he's a dick. Did he grab his wife's sunglasses and her fucking coat? Like, I totally get that. But as a as as a as a guy who watches this shit week to week I totally get why Seth Rollins is over as a babyface, too. Like, people want to like Seth Rollins. And the only time that he's really gotten over as a babyface is when people like his heel persona enough to like it. When they tried to make him a babyface, it really did. It kind of worked against Brock a little bit. A little bit, but not. Not not like this. This 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 seems pretty. This seems like his most over babyface. This is a different level. Era ever. Yes. You know, and he, he's a guy that's on TV every week and has been on TV every week for Agreed. years and years and years. Uh, he seems really over. I thought that this segment was fan-fucking-tastic. I thought that the, the, the reason that both guys brought into it was really good. I thought Logan Paul's retorts to Seth Rollins saying, I'm better at your job than you are. And I never do this. I thought that was fucking fantastic. <laughs> I like punch in the face, Ed. <laughs> I don't know who's gonna headline Saturday night at WrestleMania. I think that it, it most likely will be like Charlotte, no, don't don't Charlotte don't don't, even, don't don't even don't. What? It's it, go what? Ahead, I'll let you finish, but just if I had to put my money on it, I would say Charlotte and Rhea would headline WrestleMania night one or the Usos versus Owens and Zayn. But I think that Logan Paul versus Seth Rollins would be a pretty worthy WrestleMania night one main event just for the fact if they give them 20 minutes. If if Logan Paul can do that with Roman Reigns, and I love Roman Reigns, but he is not the in-ring guy that Seth Rollins is. Agreed. If Logan Paul can do that with Roman Reigns. Imagine what he can do with Seth Rollins. I shudder to think. I think it'll be fucking great. Um, Go ahead, Tubier. 
moving on. Yeah. Um, wait, wait, wait. back a little bit. Are we moving on? Did you say, did you give your thoughts? No, I, for the most part, I agree with everything that you said. Um, the one thing I think I just keep coming back to it is just that Logan Paul should have just been a heel from the start. The fact that. Can't go back in time, Biff. I know. Okay. So in this Maybe scenario. Biff can. <laughs> so in this scenario, Seth Rollins becoming a babyface, I think, was organically happening. I think. The initial plan, and this is just me, you know, guessing, is that they wanted Seth to be a heel, and then somehow, somewhere, I can't, you know, you can't pinpoint when it happened, but Seth Rollins quietly became a babyface. I'll say this. And then, it, you know, from that point, we ran. I'll say this. When the, the crowd kept doing the oh, 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 and Logan Paul looked at them and he goes, this segment has a time limit. Why don't you all shut the hell up? I was like, oh, my God, this guy's a natural. Yep. Like, oh, yep. that is, that is yep. wrestling that is 101. Heel, that is heel shit uh, 101. How many territories did you go through, Logan? Okay. <laughs> Zero. Perfect. <laughs> okay, that's what I'm saying. He's got the gift of gap. He's, he's an athletic. If he wants to do this full time, he could be the next great heel wrestler. And the fact that they even try to make him a baby face going against the Miz, Come on, man. I mean, that's Wrestle- the dumbest thing ever. WrestleMania 52 is going to be Logan Paul versus Pat McAfee in the best of seven Iron Man matches. It's just going to be the entire night. It's just going to be seven one-hour matches between those <laughs> See, two guys. You coming that's Saturday how good night? those part-timers are. That's how good those part-timers are. You coming Saturday night, you get the seven-match series. <laughs> Don't even You're watching McAfee and Logan, Logan Paul over seven hours. They're cutting the beer off in the middle of match five. What? <laughs> I say, stick some shit in. Where's the fireball roll? Go ahead, Tubi. I'm sorry. They're going to wheel Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels out in their wheelchairs to be judges. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> Bret Hart sipping through a straw. <laughs> stop, stop. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to say shit. He's going to blow in the straw to propel his wheelchair, and as soon as he blows out, he's going to use his remaining breath and say, fuck Goldberg on live TV. <laughs> he's, got two, he's, got um, two, he's, got, he's got three straws. One straw is to suck in for water. One straw is to blow out to go forward. And the other straw is a megaphone that says, fuck Goldberg. Yeah, y'all ain't shit, man. <laughs> but, they, but can we get these guys on BFR and just be like, can we just settle it right now? <laughs> Kumbaya, man, motherfuckers. That'd be, that'd be great for the listeners. Be, I mean, that would be great for our, uh, yeah. our downloads. <laughs> you should have said downloads I mean, no, the great for the listeners. It would know? go from 250 to 275. <laughs> <laughs> Most of them would be uh, Brett's family. Dude, did you know he had Goldberg on BFR? What? And me listening on two different. Right. Okay. Uh, what, you, what, you, what you got, Zach? Uh, so moving on, we'll skip a few things, uh, and we can just talk about the John Cena Austin Theory segment. Uh, this was super fun. Uh, you know, Cena comes out, Theory interrupts, and basically, I mean, just the gist of it without kind of going into like too much detail, uh, you guys can fill in some details if you like, but um, Cena just roasts them for like five plus minutes, and <laughs> like to build a match to WrestleMania, basically declines the match to start, roasts the guy for five minutes, and says, "Okay, I guess I'll fight you." 
and then uh, introduces Cody Rhodes, which is like, it was, it was, it was wild. It was, um, it was definitely a modern Cena promo situation, though. So I have a, a lot of thoughts on this one, uh, and I'll preface these thoughts by saying that I, I think that John Cena's promos are almost insufferable. Like, I look forward to watching them when he comes back now just so I can talk about on the podcast about how insufferable they are, basically. When he started this one, I thought that there was a lot of promise because he didn't come out and do the Black Preacher thing prior to Austin Theory came out. His music stopped, and Austin Theory music started, and he was out there. Bottom line is, I can get down with everything that John Cena said about Austin Theory here, except he did go on like a 30-second tangent where he said that nobody cares about you. And I don't care if Austin Theory wins at WrestleMania. I don't care what happens from here on out. I will always believe, and apologies to Eddie Kingston for sounding like one of the boys backstage, but I will always believe that that is bad for business because you are not putting that guy over at all. And you can say that, hey, there's going to be four weeks from now, Austin Theory is going to have beaten John Cena at WrestleMania. But there are people that are watching that aren't going to watch WrestleMania. They'll just be like, well, John Cena says nobody cares about this guy. Why should I care about this guy? Just because he's in the ring with John Cena? And as long as we're eating crow tonight... Jason's always told me that I was wrong about this because I would say that standing in a ring with an ex-wrestler is better than not standing in a ring with him. This was, this didn't feel good for Austin Theory. I thought that Cena went too far. And it's not that I think that Austin Theory's feelings were hurt or anything. I don't care about that. I thought that it was bad for, if you're trying to, Dictate what a crowd thinks, which is basically what wrestling is. He just buried Austin Theory, man. He buried him. And it looked like he got pissed off, and maybe this is me getting work. It looked like he got pissed off after after he made the bald spot joke. It looked like it looked like Cena Oh, sorry. It looked like Cena went in there. And after he got the bald spot joke, Cena just went off. Jason, what do you think? Honestly, and, and this Am I is, being a pussy? No, I don't think you're being a pussy per se. I just think. What that, do you think as a man with a bald spot? <laughs> a bald spot? No, fuck, I ain't got no bald I mean, spot. I got a bald ass head. Okay. <laughs> Once that bald spot came up, I was just like, okay, what you going to do? <laughs> I just, I'm, I don't have John Cena money, so we just cut that shit. Um, and I've always said this, and this is just me. The way I grew up, we talked about your mama, your daddy, you know, your girlfriend. You know, nothing was above reproach, okay? So even if I thought John Cena was crossing the line, I don't really don't think he crossed the line. For me, I want John Cena to talk shit because I want Austin Theory to go over. Ultimately, that's what we're here for. John Cena is back to get guys over at this point. 17 is not going to happen. Can I ask you this? Please. And then I want to hear Zach's thoughts. But let me ask you this real fast. 
before John Cena, before 2003, let's say, okay? Mm. Can you imagine one instance Oof. where... 2003 was crazy. <laughs> before, before 2003, though, okay? So, basically in the 80s and 90s. Oh, man, okay, never mind. Can you remember one worked shoot, and I know shit's different now, but can you imagine one uh, promo that was cut before a match that actually just completely undercut the guy's entire thing. Like that just I'm, I'm that sure just, it's happened. I'm sure it's happened. Can you think of one though? Like, I mean, you're you're a student of the game. You do a you do two wrestling podcasts. <laughs> I'm you sure watch you had 16 the, hours of podcast. I'm of sure you had a heel in the 80s and the ni- or the 90s come out before a match and say this motherfucker ain't shit. I'm getting ready to come so out and spank that you're, ass. You're sure it happened? Did it do any I got business? Two decades. Did it do any business? Depending on what the match is, Sorry, let's just make the point. What, the, what's your point? The point is, is that nobody did this before, and it was fine. So why does John Cena think that this sells pay per views? This is not selling pay per views. This is not selling the match. All it is is him making a fool out of Austin Theory, and he kind of did. Am I getting worked, Zach? No, I don't think you're getting work. I think it's definitely a, a stylistic shift. It's a tonal shift, and it's definitely been something. Like I said, it's a modern John Cena promo, and that's what I meant by it. Um, he gets very fourth wall. It's almost like he has the freedom to be able to do that because I'm sure that no one is scripting John Cena's right. fucking promos. So um, yeah, I don't. I don't think you're wrong, and I don't know if it's an ego thing. Uh, where he just wants to come off better, um, which it could be, or uh, if it's just yeah, it's a dickhead. Like thing. Uh, I think he's a dickhead. Whoa, damn! <laughs> I think he's a dickhead. A, he's from Boston. Okay, well, that's <laughs> totally different. I, you know, all things Boston, I don't necessarily like. But go ahead. Actually, I defense rest. <laughs> he's from Boston. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think there's any reason to say that nobody cares about you. I don't think there's any reason to say that you're they, getting worked. No, I don't think there's any reason. No, I'm sure they'll have a professional match. I'm sure it'll be a professional no, the, match. I'm sure he'll lay down for Austin Theory. I'm sure Austin Theory will do the our that uh, John Cena will do the job. Sorry, Eddie Kingston. I feel like there's <laughs> one thing to do it to to Roman Reigns, who is like the golden child who's got push after push after push. It's another to do it to a guy on the way up. I'll never forget when he called Cesaro's nipple. He made fun of how big Cesaro's nipples were. And, like, the crowd started chanting about Cesaro's nipples. It's like, what? Who does this get over? You're already over, dude. Like, aren't you supposed to bring guys up? Like, isn't that the point of professional wrestling to make the other guy look good? Like, who does this make look good? And it wasn't like they were in a feud. Right. He was just cutting a promo on guy on the guy in the back. I don't think Cesaro was even out there. Like he just buries dude. He's 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 as okay. Fast wait, 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 wait. Okay. He's a stop. barrier. No, he's okay. Stop. Stop it. Okay. <laughs> Let's pump some brakes a little bit. Number one, Austin Theory was not buried out there. Did he look bad? Yes. 
Rock yeah, looked, he, he made Rock look bad. He's made a ton of guys look bad on different times. Yeah, None he of these, brought up the thing with the Rock with Rock, rock writing, writing the shit on his arm. Okay, yeah, yeah. as a huge Rock fan, I remember that shit, and I was like, "Damn!" But that was also garbage, though. That but was, he made. But was it not true? Was it not true? Where's the lie? The shit was literally on his arm. So you're taking Cena's fan. Look, you can go back and, and and look back on the WWE archives. The shit was on his arm. For a guy that loves The Rock and is one of the best promos ever, when you're going to have your shit on your arm, that bothers me a little bit. And then John Cena took advantage of that and then buried him, right. quote unquote, in your words, buried him in the lead up to their WrestleMania match. I don't think by any means that Austin Theory is buried. He's the next Roman Reigns. He did the same thing with Roman Reigns. He did the same. I'm not saying that Roman Reigns is going to be the undisputed champion, or I'm sorry, that Austin Theory is going to be the undisputed champion. But this is a learning experience. The thing about the theory stuff, though, where he said, in theory, you're supposed to be great. In theory, you're supposed to be the Like, I thought that that stuff was really good. That's what a promo should be. What a promo shouldn't be is talking about piped in fucking right. Audience. That's that. That's the one thing that because, I thought it was one two step too because, far. Because that that doesn't only put heat on us in theory. That puts heat on WWE. It puts heat on the promotion, right? Which is like, it's just dumb. That was the. That's the that, shit that uh, I would expect out of. I mean, we see it with uh, some AEW shit all the time. They're constantly like putting. They're doing this like fourth wall shit to like put heat on the promotion, and it's fucking infuriating. So I should be upset about it when Cena does it too, because it infuriates me whenever like FTR act like they're fucking so mad and they're gonna fucking leave their jobs, uh, and then they just like show up and they're gonna tag title match and it's just all fucking work. And I'm like, who are you working? Like AEW yes. fans who like AEW, you trying you trying to turn them off on AEW? So like, who are you working for, Cena? You know, Zach is. Fucking firing tonight, man. He's on all cylinders. Mm-mm. I agree. I think you're totally right. And I don't care if you put heat on WWE. Like, I'm not here to defend WWE. I'm just saying. Oh, we, clearly. Does it, <laughs> after 298 that. episodes, that's not what we do. Does it sell the show, though? Does it sell me on the match? It didn't sell me on the match. All I wanted, well, maybe it did, because all I want to do now is okay, see Theory fucking you. whoop his ass. Thank you. That was not, that Check. Was, that was not seen as, Check. that was not seen as point, though. It wasn't seen as point, but. He wanted to, he wanted to strip that kid down. And, and I know, know what? Austin Theory's a grown man. you know man. what? And I know, you know Austin Theory's a grown man. <laughs> right. As I'm over here getting trying to make my point out. You want to come into my face? <laughs> I'm going to come into yours. <laughs> I think Austin Theory will be better for this interaction. Well, well then it seems cheap. Then it seems like Cena knows I'm Cena knows he's going to do the job for him. So Cena thinks that he can say whatever he wants. All crowds are not going to be receptive to Austin Theory. He's going to have to if he's going if he really wants to you go what? to I the top of the card. To, you know what I want crowds to go back to? Hating John Cena. <laughs> Stop cheering his ass. It's too late, man. Because if it's not black, it, and here's the other thing that he does when he comes out and he holds up that little towel that says "Never Give Up." That looks like Willie Uda just fucking came into it. <laughs> he's like, "Oh, never give up, never give up. Oh, forge my combat, forge my combat." 
When he comes up and holds that little thing and then he talks into the he talks into the camera, he's like, Oh, you guys should be here. This is so great. It's like get the fuck out of here, you corny ass bitch. Fuck you, John Cena. Fuck John Cena. I hope fucking Austin Theory just fucking just A towns him down into fucking nothing. So that the peacemaker gets canceled and they don't make another Fast and Furious. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here, John Cena. What a fucking nerd. God damn, he's a fucking nerd. He is a fucking nerd, man. Holy shit. That's I hate him. Holy shit. I hate okay. him. All right, all right, all right. All right, two beer. Get to get to the end of Raw. Shout out. Bigotry shout out. of low expectations. <laughs> shout out. Shout out. We all have to like him now that he's been around forever. We don't like him. Nobody likes him. We tolerate them, and then when you tolerate shit long enough, I can't get over there fast. <laughs> I should have been doing this two minutes ago. When you tolerate shit long yeah. enough, like not sleeping or a scratchy scalp or fucking herpes, <laughs> when you fucking tolerate, <laughs> then you start to love it. What? Because you've had it for so long. <laughs> I do like that he normalized being short. Of course he no. did. <laughs> of course no. he did. Let's say, of course he did. Roll the fuck up. <laughs> no. say he's... I actually don't. I actually don't own any jean shorts. I'd be fucking nerdy. Um, I could see you wearing jean shorts. Though. Like absolutely, one hundred percent. Can I? Can, can, I can I miss something? I had George Red at one point. Uh, I he believe it. Really. I believe it. <laughs> I, had, I used to. I used to rock some like Tommy Hilfiger shorts, but now I'm like a straight like dicky short dude. Um, that's like all summer. Anyway, uh, just to be clear, am I am I on an island here with John Cena, or are you guys on my side? I don't hate him as much because I was not watching during Super Cena days, and so he was already pretty much like I started watching again uh, when he never he broke was on a his, sweat. Like, US, God. Yeah, when he was on his U.S. title, like uh, you know the Open Challenge, that was like good good shit. So, uh, and I started watching, and then he had that feud with AJ. So, like, I've been pretty high on Cena because I didn't have to watch all the bullshit. The AJ so. feud was when it got kind of good. That's yeah. That's basically when it got kind of good. And that was punk, probably like the that punk was rivalry like was good. Edge rivalry was good, but I mean, ultimately, it's just it's so much. Just I God remember, damn. I remember that SummerSlam, uh, watching Cena versus AJ, and. We went to some house over in South City, and John Jones was going to give me a ride home, and I was at the wineries all day. And somebody, gave, somebody at the wineries gave me a Xanax, and I took it at the beginning of the show. And so I was sitting there watching SummerSlam, and I could, like, barely talk. And John Jones was giving me a ride home, and he's like, what'd you do tonight? And I was like, ah, you know, I smoked weed there, and I've been drinking wine all day, and I had a couple beers, and then I, uh, I took a Xanax at, like, 6.30. And he's like... You know you're not supposed to take those at the beginning of the party, right? And I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> like, that's a pretty good point, dude. You probably should wait till you get home. Lesson learned at age 37. <laughs> you got me on that one, boss. Checkmate. Uh, all right. And don't mix your benzos with alcohol. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Blah 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 blah. Unless you're within forty feet of your bed. <laughs> blah blah blah. <laughs> Um, Sami Zayn uh, defeated Jimmy Uso, so match is fine, but the match is not really the story here. Uh, even though it was nice to see Sami get a win over a Bloodline uh, member, 
But the big story was that Jay came out to watch this match, and after Jimmy loses, he goes in. He looks like he's on the verge of tears. He's got a shirt bunched up in his fist, and he's just about to cry, and he just walks past his brother, his twin brother, and he bumps shoulders with him, and he goes outside, and he hugs Sami Zayn, and they put up the one. To a huge pop. The hug, the hug popped the crowd so much. That was great. It was Um, great, and and I'm so glad they did it. Um, It was so great. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? What the fuck? Wait a minute. We got a WrestleMania match going on. Much better. And uh, Jay super kicks him, and then you know starts screaming in his face. You know, saying like, "You think I was going to choose you? (laughs) This is blood." And he throws him in there. Also, a tremendous super kick. Oh, yeah. He was, like, standing, like, two feet back from him. He kept stepping like, back. I was like, like, uh-oh. I know. Uh-oh. <laughs> I, I was watching on Hulu. I was watching on Hulu, and when they hugged. Oh, uh, shit. When they hugged and it popped, when they popped, I checked how much time was left. There's two and a half minutes left, and I was like, Ah, uh, that ain't it. No, I was like, and I was just watching. I was watching Jay the whole time. I was like, he's about to. Oh, he's, he's just stepping back. You, you cheated. You cheated. I cheat. I did cheat. <laughs> but I said, I'm watching Jay. I ain't watching what the time is. I'm like, man, what you two? Two hey, Why you stepping back, dog? <laughs> two beard. You see it coming? I mean, I knew because I didn't watch it till the day, so I knew. So I, I can't say that. Uh, you knew the outcome. I, you know, it was. It was spoiled for me. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, I when he hugged Sami Zayn, my first thought was, could they get a Jimmy versus Jay match at WrestleMania and a Sami versus KO match at WrestleMania? Yes. And that went through my head for like fifteen seconds, and, I, and then I checked the time, and I was like, <laughs> oh, no. somebody gonna get killed. But. I, even like even expecting it to happen, not knowing it was going to happen, but expecting it to happen, it was still so perfectly executed. Yeah, a tremendous super kick. Uh, J- Jay yelling in his face, "You think I was going to choose you? This is family shit." I mean, really tremendous stuff. Just great, like really great. And we didn't get the the. Right. Save, right. Uh, Cody Rhodes comes up. Yes. Yeah. So which still, we're, which we're still makes sense. Yep. Which still makes sense. So even if you expected KO to come out, you wanted KO to well, come Cody's out. Just a, he's, he's just in, a baby face. He, no, a baby face, yep. but still has relevancy to this bloodline. Roman Reigns. Said, blah said, blah blah. I said it before. Like I think they learned their lessons from Daniel Bryan. I think they've done this Cody shit. They've executed it flawlessly because they, if they were worried about people turning on Cody Rhodes, being number thirty in the Royal Rumble, coming out and endorsing Sami Zayn, Paul Heyman taking cheap shots at him, him having that promo segment with Roman, and then him coming out and saving Sami Zayn, and him not getting booed, but people being like, "Fuck yeah, this is our guy." Execute flawless, flawless victory. It's really been good. That's they have, the one thing I was really worried about, and you guys last week were a big proponent of it. They missed the mark with Sami Zayn. They should have made him champion. At least now, I'm not saying that Sami Zayn should never be champion, but 
we've put that on the back burner for just a little bit. And now, like I said, Cody and Roman will headline night two at some point, probably next week, because we're run- <laughs> we starting to run out of time in this motherfucker. We're getting up to 300, and then with this angle, at some point, I don't know how, once again, the great part about this bloodline angle is that you know how we're you know what the end game is how we get there is the question and nine times out of ten there's been very few times where the bill for the bloodline for a match has been disappointing the ultimate implosion of the bloodline to me is going to be what I'm waiting for because I think we're going to get to that point and I think I I just want to see how we get there because this has been one of the best for just BFR just 298 episodes this one has been one of the best angles storylines whatever you want to call it that I've seen in a hot minute at least for just BFR it's probably the best Zach? Sorry, trying to unmute furiously. And um, I agree with Jason. It was, you know, it, it really is. It, it, you know, we've seen series of matches that have been better. We've seen, um, you know, say like pay-per-views or what have you. But as far as like a long-term story, um, I'd say top two off the top of my head. Uh, it is this, and it is the, the story of Hangman Adam Page uh, becoming um, AW World Champion. I think mm. those are top two for me. Damn. All right, let's get to that three count. One, two, three. I was going to say the shield. But... And please stick around for after the show. I am going to interview, or Jason and I are going to interview Tinder Mahal, a.k.a. Joey O'Farrell, the promoter. And brains behind STL versus the world at Grandel Grand Wrestling. Yes. Uh, on deck circle. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a fun interview. We've already recorded it. Uh, there's some shit that comes out between all three of us who have been friends for a long time, and you guys will not want to miss this. <laughs> but uh, without uh, – let's get into that three count. So what I'm going to do, because we've – Covered a lot of AEW stuff, but we're going to do Dynamite um, because Hobbs did beat Wardlow in the main event in a Falls Count Anywhere match for the TNT Championship. Hobbs ends up winning. I was watching this, didn't have any spoilers, saw Wardlow get hit with a chair, and I was like, oh, who's that going to be? Oh, fuck yeah. I was like, something's happening. And it was QT Marshall. And there is no more way to make your second biggest title, singles title, on your promotion to seem more mid-card than have QT Marshall play into it. Very disappointing to me. I don't mind the short reign that Wardlow had with the TNT title. What I mind is QT Marshall's involvement. Jason, you're shaking your head. As the res- go, go, as the go, resident QT Marshall no, Mark. No, let's go, 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 no, Zach go first. What did he think about it? What Zach think about it? I mean, the match was pretty fun for the, the short period that we had. I mean, to start out, like, Tom got Absolute flipped onto a car. Fucking bullshit. But uh, the, the the finish, not the way I would have had Hobbs do it. Not the story I would have told. 
You mean with QT or with Thurgood to keep QT Marshall? Yeah. It, what's funny is, <laughs> what's funny is like, I actually really like QT. I'm probably going to use him as my main on AEW Fight Forever whenever the video game comes uh, that, out. Man, like, that is such a good idea, actually. That's, <laughs> I love that, actually. <laughs> Just make him like the biggest but, badass. Exactly. But he's, uh, he's not a star. For two guys that was championing the story connection on the... No, I'm going to do it, number one. For two guys that were championing the story connection for the MJF-Brian Danielson match, this is old school, wise guys, fucking good fellas, all that shit. QT owed Hobbs a favor. Yeah, from like a rampage. It, it, does, it doesn't. Hey, 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 hey! It doesn't matter. Okay, guess what? The favor was cashed in. Maybe in a time when you didn't want it to happen, it probably shouldn't have happened. This goes back to my whole Wardlow argument from beforehand. You probably shouldn't have Wardlow in this match to begin we, with. Listen, Zach and I agreed with that point. Does QT Marshall being involved with the belt make it worse or better? He's, does it elevate the belt? I don't or, think it. Do, I don't think it does anything to the belt. To me, it just stays. It stays. This actually from from Samoa Joe from Samoa Joe losing the belt to Wardlow. QT it already Marshall. was already on the decline. Yeah, I he know. He probably shouldn't have lost his. He probably shouldn't have lost his uh, Wargo to begin with. If you wanted to go on the incline, Samoa Joe retains. Listen, the guy then, already could barely swim. All I did was shove his head underneath. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck are you talking about? QT Marshall is a fucking jobber who shouldn't have anything to do with any belt at all. It's and fine that they're telling a story. It doesn't mean that it's a good one. Number one, thank you, Zach. A, it makes sense. B, I was going to say thank you, Zach. That's how you know Zach's point was good, that we both think you were agreeing <laughs> right. with us. Yeah. We're making, yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you, Zach. <laughs> For me, Zach makes sense because it makes storyline sense. You already had Hobbs shaking down QT Marshall and for months past, you owe me one. Who the you fuck owe knows me that, one. though? Zach's they right, say, though. It was on say, Rampage. Okay, but then when QT Marshall came out, they quickly was like, oh. Yeah, but wrestling's is, always about playing to the people in the top row, man. Okay, I'm well, in the then, top row. I don't watch Rampage. Okay, so then, 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 that's, then that's on however you figure out. You need to figure out however people oh, need to watch Rampage huh? or not. That's not my problem. My problem is with this. You're sitting here talking about QT Marshall is shouldn't be involved in it. He definitely should have been involved in it. You just forgot about it the same way I forgot about it. No, uh, no, 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 no. Just because the story says that he should be involved with it, like Zach said, that doesn't make the story good. It doesn't good. make it good. I, uh, we can all agree with that. But I'm saying on an overall level, on an overall level, if I don't watch Dark elevation or rampage and all i do is watch AEW dynamite and all i do is see qt marshall make a fool out of himself and be peter avalon adjacent then why the fuck would qt like pete 
Peter Avalon might as well should have gotten involved in that main event. We saw him. It's stupid. He's a fucking jobber. He's a jobber, and now he's involved in the TNT Championship, which is supposed to be your second biggest singles championship. There's no argument. You would just say, hey, Bill, yeah, I never thought about it like that. You know, unfortunately, the problem with this, once again, it's a two-part problem. Number one, Wardlow won the, the first title. Ellen Bill and the second Ellen Bill. Wardlow won the title when he shouldn't have won the title. Can't spell Wardlow without an L. Number two, you <laughs> for this match alone, the finish <laughs> is my problem with the whole thing. Man. Okay, it's not like he. Th- it's not like Hobbs threw him off some shit. It was like, okay, here's a crash pad. And now you, this uh, that this guy that's been, come on, man, that that's ho- that's a horrible way to finish. QT Marshall bothers me way more than that. The finish bothers me way more than QT Marshall. Okay, uh, next up, I don't it, mind a crash pad. I'm fine with, I'm fine with like dudes being safe. Look, no, no, no. Okay, better choice of words. It wasn't the crash pad. It was like if you're going to do a crash pad, let's do it six feet off, so that if you you can still have the effect and still keep guys safe. Was that guy's name the? The black guy they did the uh they did the documentary about that threw the guy off the scaffolding and almost killed him. What the um, fuck's his name? Is it, I'm gonna be so New mad. Jack. New Jack, yes. New Jack, yeah. I was gonna say Low Jack and I was I was like, I know that's not right. Yeah, Jason's like New Jack here. He's like, Fucking you better <laughs> throw those motherfuckers off. They better land through six tables. Not, on the broken, not, not on the broken glass. Not even what I'm saying. But no you, know that. And you, you know that's not what I'm saying. Act, act like that finish was like, okay, Wardlow, with all I, that he's done I up thought, to this point, was like, okay, that's the way he's going listen, out. Listen, if I'm being honest, you give me true serum, that main event sucked. The thank ending, you. The ending sucked. Thank you. What do you mean, thank you? That's what I'm saying. That's what I've been saying the entire time. Um, okay, are, is, is Moxley a heel now? Yes. They all are yeah. heels. Did we see a heel turn yes. on Wednesday night? Yes. Zach. <laughs> Zach, yep. we, we have Jason's answer. And yep. we're on board with that, right? I mean, I think, I don't, fuck yeah. I was like, Danielson was the reason why they probably didn't do it immediately. Once he said he was going home, I tweeted, I was like, okay, now Danielson's going away. I'll tell you and what, these man. guys were already, Claudio was already when, trying when to do Cla- it to begin with. When Claudio, European uppercut, Dark Uno, <laughs> like as a cheap shot, I was like, oh, these it's guys on. are fucking heels. <laughs> Let's it's go. On. Here we go. Uh, so we're all cool with that. Uh, what about that Brian Danielson promo that made it sound like he was going to retire? Where are you guys at on that, Zach? Um, I'm not expecting him to retire. It's weird that they tell that story and didn't really, they didn't really sell it. You know, just like, here's a promo from, a uh, recorded promo from Brian Danielson, our commander. <laughs> And uh, right, it wasn't. It, it wasn't like they they were like uh, we have a uh, we have a huge promo from Brian Danielson coming up. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's not that some bitch. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck? And then moving on, dark. Right. Yeah. No big deal. Brian Danielson's going away forever. I'm like, what the fuck, man? How you gonna make this no big deal? All right, uh, Tony Khan. Makes like his fourth appearance on Dynamite, and it's to promote the movie Shazam Part 2. 
I only have one question about this. And the question's for Zach. Sorry, Jason. Cool. I got a pee anyway. Zach, have you seen Shazam Bart 1? How's that not a question? I have not. Okay. Uh, so then we'll go back, and we talked about that three-on-three-on-three match that they're going to have, which is Jericho Appreciation Society versus the Elite versus House of Black. Okay. Takeshita was not on Dynamite this week, Zach. No. Don Callis did approach Takeshita on Rampage last week after I yelled at Jason about never watching Rampage. I did see Don Callis approach Takeshita. I did see Don Callis approach Takeshita and offer his services. Is it possible that we're going to get a heel Takeshita with the heel Don Callis versus a face Kenny Omega? Wow. I hadn't thought of that. I actually thought it'd be more likely that Takeshita, because the fans are behind him, uh, kind of turned that whole situation face. And I never thought about those two. Well, um, what what happened was during the pay-per-view, and I, because I was watching it sober on Monday morning, when Omega lost, Don Callis got very pissed off. <laughs> and it wasn't like he got pissed off because they lost. It was like he got pissed off at Kenny Omega. Like he was kind of like planting the seeds about how Omega was being sloppy throughout. And this is after the rampage where he approached Takeshita. And then the other night on Dynamite, when Omega and the Bucks came down to talk to mm-hmm. the Jericho Appreciation Society, which is a very fun segment. Don Callis grabbed the mic out of Kenny Omega's hands. And Kenny Omega looked kind of pissed off at the beginning. Now, this might be me reading way too much into it, but this is also the kind of shit. I'm reading the same book you are. This is the kind of shit they they talk about backstage when they talk about doing segments (laughs) like this. I'm going to make a judgment call here, and I'm going to say that Don Callis eventually – is the manager of Takeshita, and Takeshita is a heel, and Kenny Omega is a babyface. Mm. I mean, I love it. I love it. Jason, what do you think? is great, and he could use the money to talk for him. Well, when I talked about Takeshita getting into the main event picture a couple weeks ago, uh, our future guest here, Tender Mahal, texted me and said I was insane for suggesting that a person that couldn't speak English would be uh, the AEW champion. I said, well, just get him a manager. And he said, I knew you were going to say that, you fucking Mark. And it turns out, I think that's where we're going. That's where I think we're going anyway. Jason. If you've seen, and this is not a knock against Joey, you know, this is unfortunately just me not having a life even with two jobs and two cats and all that other good shit i still squeeze in a, a boatload of wrestling so i've seen Takesha in main events in ddt i'm sorry this dude's the real deal okay you can tell me what you want to tell me about managers and he can't talk english and blah 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 shinsuke nakamura should have been the wwe champion and Vince just decided he didn't want to do it you can't tell me that this guy doesn't have talent and can't just supersede borders and all that other good shit it's w uh, it's not even wwe it's aw and aw fans probably a know who takeshita is and b if they don't know they're falling in love with takeshita all he needs is a mouthpiece.
piece. And I'm not saying that Don Callis isn't the the best mouthpiece. He's the mouthpiece that he's probably going to get. Um, the, the Kenny he's Omega, a pretty good one. The Kenny Omega flip to the baby face, I don't know about just yet. He still has the IWGP U.S. Championship. Jeff Cobb's in the way, so there's maybe that – another story for another time. I, I agree with you with Takeshita and Don Callis being a team moving forward at some point. We got to keep it uh, moving. MJF next week is going to have his re-bar mitzvah. That's hilarious. That's great, a really f- great promo and a different kind of promo from MJF. <laughs> and, uh, I, I was wrong. I was wrong about MJF. Right. I was always I was always right about his uh, promo skills. I was I was well. Let's just say I, you know I don't know if I was wrong. Maybe it just got proven to me, right? Okay, we can go with that. We'll go with that. We can uh, go with that. Juice Robinson Bullet Club <laughs> got Bull- your ass. Bullet Club logo shows up on AEW Dynamite when Ricky starts to cut this promo. Juice comes out, gets him. The crowd was nonplussed, I would say. Um, gotcha. But Juice is, Juice is pretty cold right now, though. I mean, it's not like he's been hot in New Japan for a while. It's not like he's been it's doing not even that. It's not even like he's been doing anything. It's not even that. You well, know what it's about. What's it about? They were thinking it was Jay White coming out. And when you get Juice, uh, they got, that, he got your ass. Didn't even cross my mind. He got your ass. It's like Obi Wan. Like this is not the guy. He's <laughs> uh, and what you guys think about Lethal versus Orange Cassidy, and Jeff Jarrett coming out? Jeff Jarrett is fighting Orange Cassidy next week. They are renaming the All Atlantic Championship the Intercontinental Championship. International. Good with the title. Change. Is it international? AEW oh, International oh, yeah, Championship. Right. Okay. All right. Good with the title change, done with Jane Lethal, Jeff Jarrett, just go away, go away, go away. How many times you got to lose and get another title match the next week? God damn. That's good to do over. That match is really good, though. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. I mean, those guys rule. <laughs> One, two, three. I was only able to watch two of the New Japan matches for odds and ends uh, this week. The only two that I was able to watch was El Fantasmo versus Naido, uh, which Naido went over. Pretty good match. And then I'll say Taichi versus Sonata was borderline great. Like, fucking, like, was that a 25-minute match? Felt, it, was, it was at least 20 for sure. When, <laughs> Zach, I don't know if you watch this match, but. Jason, you did. Spoiler alert. Yes, for sure. Sonata went over. Sonata had Taichi basically passed out, and Kevin Kelly started talking about how Red Shoes had a lot of leeway. He's like, Red Shoes is giving a lot of leeway here. And then Taichi came back and almost beat him, and then there was like another 12 minutes. Uh, It was a tremendous match. Two different matches. Taichi better than I expected yeah. it to be, and I was just watching it, expecting it to take a nap, and mm-hmm. guess what? It didn't take a nap. But so, not. And I've talked a lot of shit about Sonata in the past. Sonata was spectacular in this match. I think, it to me, it's it's credit to Tai Chi as the opponent, number one, how they booked it, number two. To me, it was two different matches. Tai Chi. I haven't seen any scuttlebutt about this match. I just watched it like three hours ago. Were people into this? Yeah, very much so. Um I actually just watched it while we were talking on the podcast. Um, 
six matches in and obviously two matches last night or this morning, whatever you want to call it. But right now, to me, and this is early, that was the best match of the the early tournament. It, it was a really good storytelling of Sonata coming in as, you know, a, having a bunch of losses. Man, and they Tai were both Chi was tremendous. And Tai Chi took advantage of that for like the first 10 minutes. And then Sonata kind of like woke up on the outside and the match took to a, a different level to where it was a usual Tai Chi Sonata match. It was, it was really good. It was, if it's like I said, for me right now. If, so before we close up shop here David for Finley. the podcast. David Finley is the new leader of the Bullet Club, right? We don't, I, we don't know that. ELP is not ELP is not having that just yet, so we don't know that. All right, he's a any, member of a Bullet Club. Are there any other New Japan matches that are New Japan Cup matches that we should watch? Um, the six that we've seen so far, the two that the, the first two, the night of the first match of uh, New Japan, the two that I think you should watch. ELP, Naito, and then uh, Sonata versus Tai Chi. That's the night you want to watch. If you're like me, you want to just grind everything out. You watch it all. But if you want to skip to it, the first match, first night, that's the watch. And then from that point, you can move on. All right. This is banned from ringside. Hey, everybody. We've got some birthdays this week. Uh, Rick Steiner is 62. And be sure to stick around for Tinder Mahal. Joey O'Farrell is going to. We're going to interview him uh, after we get rid of Zach. <laughs> Fucking dead weight. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? He's still here. Oh shit, he's still here. Yes, Go eat I'm dinner. already muted. <laughs> I say, damn man, he's sitting right here for. Luchasaurus is 38. May Young would have been 100 today. She was a freshman when Jason was a senior at high school. Uh, Kenta <laughs> is 42. Matt Jackson is 38. Santino is 49. If it wasn't so cold, I would come over there. Iron Sheik is 81. Jordan Devlin is 23. And MJF, next Wednesday, will have his double bar mitzvah at age 26, which is so funny to me. Jordan, Jordan Devlin. Thank you. Thank you. What? I said, that 30, can't be right. 33. Okay. What did I say? 24. No, I said 30, 33. Okay. Well, okay. Hey, for FB Eatery, for uh, Sultan, for Tinder Mahal, for Murray, the Murray Man Murray, for Pat, for Patriot Pat, whatever the fuck they're fucking. Podcast is yeah. for my wife, Aaron, for the cats, for check, the check. dog, for the baby, for Vice. Poor baby. Got a shiner on her eye. For two beers, Zach Coleman, for Jason Cornelius Bell. Which I we never talk about. Check, check, never, check. ever forget to boo the heels. Boo, bitch. This is banned from ringside. All right, everybody. We have Joey O'Farrell. On the, line, is in the house. on the line right now, he is the owner of Grandel Wrestling, and we are talking about STL versus the World 2, which is coming up here in a couple of weeks. Joey, how are you? I'm doing good. Man, I love Tom MacArthur's song that he did for your show. It's great. <laughs> which one? This one? Playing <laughs> 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 Say that one? 
Yeah, I was about to say, see, that's what I'm talking about. Don't, forget about. don't forget about Dan Reuter and Dustin Schaefer that were also uh, playing music on that. Uh, Joe, so Grandel Wrestling, STL versus the World 2 is coming up here on March the 18th. Is that correct? Correct, yes. And tell me what the main event of that show is. Shit, talk the about the whole card. I mean, what, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. I just want to hear what I, the main I, event is. There's, there's, many main event, there's many main events, but the last match on the show is is Technical Difficulties, uh, which is Moses and Raheem De La Suede, uh, two of the best up-and-coming wrestlers out of St. Louis, um, versus arguably the best tag team ever, one of the best tag teams ever. You got two guys who right now are New Japan champions, tag team champions. They're Impact tag team champions. And most recently, they're um, GCW tag team champions. And Alex Shelley and Chris Saban, the Motor City Machine Guns. The Motor City Machine Guns. I remember watching the Motor City Machine Guns with my friend Joey O'Farrell at my, my place over in South City in 2011, watching them on Impact in a best of seven series with beer money, and us being like, "How good are these motherfuckers?" Twelve years later, Joey O'Farrell <laughs> is booking a show with Motor City Machine Guns in the main event. Uh, how excited are you for that? That's very exciting. No, I'm really excited, and you know the. The thing about this match that's really exciting is that, you know, you book a lot of talent and they're bigger talent. And yeah, they, they wrestle in New Japan. They wrestle on Impact. They wrestle in these other big companies. They're on TV a lot. So you're thinking, you know, what are the, what are the chances they're going to come and they're going to give us, you know, even 80%. And I can tell you without, without question, um, to quote my good friend Conrad Thompson, um, these guys are going to go out there and give you everything they got, and you're going to get a good twenty to twenty to thirty minute match, and you're going to you're going to see stuff you've never seen before, and they're going to take Moses and Raheem and make them, and that's what you know. That's what this match is about more than anything. It's kind of proving that our guys in St. Louis, you know, obviously Moses and Raheem are in their early twenties; they're younger, but a team like. Motor City, Alex Shelley, Chris Saban can really bring out the best and, you know, these two young guys. And I think, you know, Alex said it to me best when he told me, I don't know if we're kayfabe or not, but I feel like we can, we can not kayfabe on this show. He said to me, word for word, he said, we're going to fucking make these guys. Okay, so... In, That's it, exciting. No, it's... And that was kind of about... You were, Answer. You were giving we're gonna, me. The... We're gonna have to cut this out now because <laughs> Joey, I can't went, talk. Joey, Joey went off shoot. So, but I thought we were kayfabe, but I mean, it's fine. Well, no, I, I think it was to me. It was a question that I was going to ask anyway, but you, you kind of led me into that question. Well, let's make it a two part question. Question one: Let's talk about people that weren't here for STO versus the the World Part One. I was there. Obviously, Bill was there. I. Obviously, I thought it was very amazing. So let's talk about how 
if this is the first time you've seen SEO versus the world and you're going to go to the 18th show, what are you expecting to, to see from that show? Number one. And number two, Morrissey Machine Guns, obviously a great team. How can they help put technical difficulties over? Either question you can go with first. I mean, I'll go with the second question first. I, I don't think it's easy to keep up with the team like Motor City, and I don't think it's easy to keep up with them for 20 to 30 minutes. I think it takes a very uh, skilled um, and in-shape tag team to really go out there and, you know, keep up with those guys. And I think that Technical Difficulties really hasn't had that opportunity yet. With the, You know, last year at STL vs. the World 1, they had a match with West Coast Wrecking Crew. Mm-hmm. And arguably, I mean, you think about all the stars around the show last year. Match, they probably match of the, the night. Of the night. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you agree? No, I, I thought it was real. I, I like tag team wrestling to begin with, and I like West Coast uh, Wrecking Crew. So I mean, I would me, agree that, that was, one plus one is two. The West Coast Wrecking Crew match at STL versus the World One was my match of the night. It was the one I had the most fun with. There you go. I mean, and I think like. And you know we talk about those the West Coast guys a little bit later, but you know I just I think that this match is just going to be something if if you know we have people coming in from out of town, other places who haven't seen technical difficulties before, like for them to get to face a team you know like Motor City and two two veterans who are still in their prime, it's just it's just going to be so fun to see the kind of match these four guys can have together. Hey, can and I then, go ahead? Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. please. Um, your first question, Jason, was what can people expect? I think the biggest thing, besides like the obvious thing, which is you know the card is amazing, and we have so many talented guys coming in, and girls too, is the production. I mean, we're in a six hundred seat theater, and like, yeah, if the way I like to explain it is like if you put WWE in a six hundred person theater. And they brought in the, all the bells and whistles that they have. You would get the same exact show. I mean, and this year we have we have the same thing with the video walls and all that stuff. But nice. we have put a lot more we have put a lot more time and energy into actually individually making uh, videos for each wrestler. So each wrestler this year will have like their own kind of video, their own graphics. Um, they'll have their own uh, specific light show to their mm-hmm. videos, songs. Um, it's just, it's a lot more thought that goes into it, uh, when it comes to the, the production and the, uh, the entertainment value. Can't wait. So, uh, you, go, go ahead. We, uh, I went to your second show and your first show and, uh, the guy that I was most impressed with at the pop show was Dak Draper. I couldn't get over how this guy wasn't famous yet. So from a personal perspective, I want to know who is Dak Draper facing at STL versus the World 2, and what are your thoughts about him in general? Okay. Um, Dak Draper is facing um, the Crown of Glory champion, uh, Camaro Jackson. Um, the Camaro Jackson. He's a, he's, a, he's a friend of the show, even though he's never been on the show. <laughs> no, we need to have we him on both, the show. <laughs> we both watch wrestling with him. So, uh, no, we need to have him on the show. I think we'll, we'll I think he's a friend of the show. Yeah, I think he's a friend of the show, whether he wants to be or not. I'm sorry, Joe. Go ahead. 
No, Camaro, you know, Camaro is a guy that just, he, he works so hard and he, he's finally been given the opportunity and he's really shown how good he is. Last year he had a great match with Josh Alexander. Um, he is, he was trained, um, by Dak Draper. He was literally the first time he stepped foot in a wrestling ring. Uh, Dak was one of the guys that kind of showed him the ropes. Um, and as far as Dak not being signed to a big company, it's incredible. He's, it's unbelievable that he's not, but I wouldn't, I don't know how long that's going to last. If I, if, you know, if I'm being honest, I think that's, you know, it's only a matter of time before, before somebody snatches him back up. Um, he is just, I mean, he's a great guy. He, uh, I don't know if you guys saw the promo that he recently cut on, on Camaro about the match that they're going to have at the show. Uh, this, it, which will be for the Crown of Glory Championship. Um, yeah, uh, Dak is, you know, he's just one of those guys who every time he gets in the ring, he makes he makes his opponents better. And he, whether it's he's playing a heel or a babyface, I mean, right now he's he's one of the biggest babyfaces in Kansas City. Uh, they consistently draw 700-plus people for each show they do. He's their champion. Um, he's in a different town every weekend. Um, actually he lives in Kansas city, so he's, he's a Midwest guy again. Um, but yeah, just a overall great human being and an even better wrestler. So you were talking about like some of the production that with like Dak Draper and for those who were there for STL versus the world one, I thought that was one of the biggest things that I took away from it immediately. Just walking in the show, not even seeing a, a match just yet how the production itself was you know for an indie show it was better than i've ever seen for any other show talk about how how you've had to work to make this you and i have talked about this and i but i want you to tell other people how you've had to work to make this an just as good, if not hopefully better than the original FCO versus the world. Obviously, you know, you don't have to get into grand detail, but no, send us your W two. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't get into that. You, I don't want your W twos, um, but I want to well, know. No, I, no, I want the I want the listener to know how you you've had to work a little harder to make this thing happen. Well, I mean. Yeah. So I'll answer that. Too. I'll make that a two-part answer. Um, so first of all, this time around, um, actually one part of that show, better be your W two. <laughs> at the last show, um, we had it was the first show that I worked with this graphic designer Noah Noah Dom, and Noah is a friend of mine. But he has really put the time in and made this show so much better with like giving each wrestler, like I said before, like they'll, they'll have like individual some will have like individual videos uh, entrances and some will have just graphics but you know he really spent time on making sure that we have like these professional entrances for these guys and making sure everything looks good um and then the 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 company that i use out of kansas city loud um they're putting the time in to make sure that each wrestler has like their own light show and everything it just comes off really well so those those are the two reasons we're able to do these big productions like this. And obviously, the theater in itself um, is incredible. It's a beautiful theater. Um, it's unlike I think it's unlike anything in wrestling. I think it's different from anything you've ever seen 
if you've ever been to any kind of indie wrestling show. So like uh, Misa Kate had, a, we're t- you talked about Dax Draper had a promo. Misa Kate, I just saw her promo running down STL. Talk about that. How did you have to work around that talent, make it happen, and then put it on, you know, YouTube and uh, Twitter and all that other good shit? Well, I mean, we'll, we'll break kayfabe here for a little bit. Um, Misa, you know, Missa was brought to me. Um, Tootie Lynn called me one day and was like, "Hey, I want to. I want Missa Kate. I I, I want to face her." So, you know, I got a hold of Missa, and Missa was like, "I want to do some cool shit. Like, I've seen some of the stuff that you guys have done, and you know, with some of the promo videos you've shot. Like, I want to do some cool stuff." And we kind of collaborated on. Um, she came here. We did. We shot some stuff, and then she did some stuff in Chicago as well. And we kind of collaborated on the idea of you know, how we wanted to work this match and make it more of a story. Because the thing about when you book like these, these super cards with all this talent from out of town, um, bring in all these talent from out of town is that you don't really have, it kind of, it, it takes away from the opportunity for you to tell stories and wrestling's about storytelling. So the great thing about Missa is like, she was like, let's tell stories. Like I'm going to come in at the glory pro show back in January and I'm going to beat the show to the and no one's going to see it coming. And Which we man, no one, no one saw that coming. And then the next day we released it and it gets, it gets a thousand freaking, you know, thousand likes and hundreds of comments on YouTube. And you got Jerry Lynn and all these, you know, all these old wrestlers saying, you know, legends saying that's one of the greatest things I've ever seen for indie wrestling, you know? Um, and that was me and her just kind of putting that together and, and kind of figuring out, you know, what would be the best. And people didn't know what to do. They were like, what the hell is this? Like, people didn't know. She's not that well-known in the in the Midwest, in the St. Louis. So people were kind of caught off guard by all that. And then shooting the promo and, like, really giving her a character base. <laughs> and I'm, I, I, I don't want to, like, I don't want to give too much away, but, like, we've got a lot of really fun stuff planned for that match. And, and for, you know, we, don't really wanna ha- we didn't really want to have 2D talk a bunch and do the whole back and forth. We want to let Mystic get the heat, and then, you know, Tootie can kind of do her thing once the once the show's there, once we're in the in the building and the match is going to happen. Can I say something? It worked. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I was going to say I've never met Miss Kate. I, I want to see your goose on uh, Saturday on the 18th. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Bill. Uh, Joey, tell us the rest of the card. Okay. Well, um, we got. Nick Aldis, uh, former NWA champion, who I think is one of probably the best NWA champion in the last 30 years. Yep. Versus, versus who I think is one of the most underrated local guys. Um, Dory Funk trained, uh, wrestles in anarchy a lot. Actually, right now he's in Germany wrestling. Um, Thomas Shire. Thomas Shire is a six foot three, six foot four, just shooter, wrestler, uh, very old school, but can do it all. I mean, he's just. Really impressive, and to to get to book this match was such a pleasure for me. And, and obviously, like I know that Shire is, you know, he's so excited to face a wrestler like Nick Aldis. So are are, are all the matches booked? Everything's booked. We announced the last match on uh, yesterday, actually, which is going to be, you know, we'll transition here, which is going to be the new CMLL um, God, Walter Waite champion uh rocky romero oh fuck versus, yeah versus dan the dad um love dan the dad 
So that would be a good one. Um, Rocky's bringing uh, Chico, his his buddy Chico, with him to manage him. So that'll, that'll be a fun little uh, twist to the match. Let me, let me ask you a uh, a personal question. Yeah. How do you feel about comedy in your wrestling? And is Dan the dad too much comedy, not enough comedy, or just the right Here's, amount of comedy? Well, no, I think, you know, I've been to those shows where it's like a really impressive card, and you're like, damn, this is a good card. But it's the same fucking match. Every match is the same. It's like, here's 20 minutes of good wrestling. And it just, it gets so boring. By the time you get to the third or fourth match, you're like, I just want to relax. I know where you're going. I know where you're going. So I think that this this match needs to be on the show. And I, I, I think comedy wrestling is a great thing. Too much of too much of a great thing is never good, right. but just enough is great. Like, and I think we have just enough of that on the show. We have this, just enough entertainment. This, um, is, this, this was all for me to say that I love Dan the Dad. <laughs> I think I think it's a I think it's a great uh, shtick. I think that he's a I think he's a super fun wrestler. Uh, I liked him when he was I, I want to say Danny Adams. That's mm-hmm. Danny Adams. Yeah. Yep. Danny Adams. I loved him when he was Danny Adams, and he wasn't Dan the Dad, but Dan the Dad is – that's pro wrestling to me, baby. I love it. Well, he's really good at it. I mean, he really knows it's that spectacular. character. Spectacular. Really- and him versus Rocky Romero sounds worth the price of admission for this wrestling podcaster. Yeah. Well, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be good. we got some fun stuff planned for that one, too. Um I'm I'm pretty excited about his entrance about his entrance video for that for that show. But yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Um we also have um current AEW slash Ring of Honor superstar Matt Seidel. Now Matt Seidel's getting ready to do some really fun stuff with Ring of Honor. Um versus Mike Outlaw, who uh, I think arguably is the best wrestler in St. Louis. Um Yeah, he's a and, uh, he's a friend of the show. I We've watched pay-per-views with him. There you go. We should have him on. Um, we should have him on next week. <laughs> right? Duh. Well, I'm sure he'll come on. But he, him and, you know, Mike right now, Mike is really, hes I think he's at the top of his game right now. He's got homicide in two weeks. He was supposed to face Eddie Kingston last couple weeks ago. Um, but, you know, he was scared to come to St. Louis because of Bill. Um <laughs> God, don't say that. He didn't. He didn't want that smoke, did he? <laughs> I, mean, I don't know, Bill. Did did any kicks want that smoke? I apologized to him quite a few times tonight on tonight's <laughs> podcast because I didn't want to use oh. insider terms. He didn't want that smoke, so he told Glory Pro, "Can't make sorry, it." Sorry, Mad King. <laughs> oh my God! Didn't want to use those inside terms. Great, Joey. Now he's just made his head bigger. We're gonna have to move him oh, sideways in the anyway. door. Come find me. I live with Jason Bell. Mm-mm. And right there, right there, a gravel and path. <laughs> oh, holy shit. We're going to have to bleep that out. <laughs> That's great. Do that shit, uh, Joe. Uh, Joey, uh, anything else that we need to know about the show? Yeah, of course. There's tons of, There's tons more we need to know about the card. Um, what else we got on this bad boy? We got Tom Lawler and Team Filthy. Yes. Which holy Tom yes. Yes. I was hoping Let's I didn't go. miss that. West Coast Wrecking Crew versus Team SDL. And Team SDL is three really guys who really haven't teamed together much, but 
three guys that I really have a lot of faith in. You got Warhorse, you know, and yeah. Warhorse is constantly traveling around the country, awesome. constantly going to the UK. Yeah. Great wrestler, a lot of fun. Um, then you got Davey Vega, who Hell yeah. is just phenomenal. Uh, and this new, there's, you know, there's a new kid in town, Benjamin Trust. Um, and I met Ben last year, and I just, I've never met somebody who, who works harder and wants it more than Ben. And, you know, he's recently kind of started wrestling with Glory Pro a little bit. Uh, I'm just excited for people to see him. Uh, he's really, really good, and he's only going to get better. Um, so there's that. And then also, what else do we got on this car? There's so many matches. <laughs> I don't want to skip. We'll leave anybody I don't, out. Yeah, I know. Um, I feel like I'm, I know I'm forgetting something and it's, it's a big deal. Let me look at my, let me look at my, why don't you guys talk amongst yourself for one minute? I'm going to look at my phone. Don't worry. We'll edit this part out. I was, well, I mean, uh, one of my biggest thoughts just not, I was going to say one of my last questions here for a little bit, but, um, my, one of my biggest thoughts is just the bar that you set for STL one, for a local indie show, quote-unquote, I thought, you know, the, the production was off the chain and you had great matches. Obviously, you had great talent there. I would, I'll piggyback on that here in a second. Actually, I'll just ask the question now. What was the biggest hoop that you had to jump through from STL 1 through STL 2. A lot of a lot of us don't know about booking anything. We make jokes about Tony Khan and, and Vince and, you know, how they can't book and blah, blah, blah. So you're the, the closest thing that we know of anybody that had to do what Tony Khan has to do, what Vince has to do. Except for my very close friendship with Vince Russo. That's correct. So, talk about the what 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 was the talk about just the the challenges of making either show happen one or two the hoop jumping the whole nine yards. I think with one, you know, us two versus the world one. I think it was more of just kind of like we were putting dream match scenarios together. We weren't really telling stories. Mm -hmm. We were just kind of like you know putting stuff together and figuring out what made sense. Um, and it was fun. And I thought, I thought we did a good job and STL was able to get some wins out of it, which was great. And everybody was wonderful to work with, but I didn't really get to, um, you know, really tell stories and, and book like I wanted to. Um, and I think when we did the second show, I, I really got to do that. Um, and I learned a lot from both shows. And with this show, we're telling a lot more stories, you know, whether it be with Camaro and Dak, whether it be with the with the six man ladder match, the battle royal. Who is leading? Who's Gary leading J? Who's Gary J fighting? Gary J is fighting uh, Jake something. Right. I Jesus think that was the one Christ. that you forgot earlier. That is. It was. It was one of two, one of two matches I forgot. That match is going to be insane. <laughs> yeah, that match is going to be insane. Gary J versus. Tell me the guy's name that he fought at Pops. Thomas Shire, the guy that's fighting Nick Alden. Yes. Very, very fun match where the, they pulled the tarp oh, wow. off uh, of the ring yeah. and they were uh, powerbombing each other onto wood. 
which I enjoyed quite a bit. That was a very, <laughs> was a very fun I was night. I say, y'all getting real up in this motherfucker. I had fun during that match, man. Like, there's nothing like being at a, a pro wrestling live event and just booing the heels. Which, which, which you should do. Which is you should do. And cheering on the baby faces. Um, yeah. Hang on. Go ahead. Um, so, just in case people haven't seen STL versus the World One or the Pop Show, obviously, if you want to catch up, can they catch up? Where can they do it? Yada, yada, yada. Yeah, just go to Grando Wrestling YouTube. That's all you got to do. Everything's on there. You can watch all the shows. Uh, the production on the second show is much better than the first show. Um, uh, and I'm really excited for us to actually have that good, that we have a really, really great video team that comes in from Kansas city. Um, they did the second show for, from dust till dawn and pops for us. And, uh, I'm excited to have them on this show and really the production, uh, the video that we show from this show will go up on YouTube a couple weeks after. So if you can't make it for some reason, um, a couple weeks later, the, the show will be up on YouTube. Um, one thing I do want to talk about um, before I go here is the six the six man ladder match that we're doing. So you know I wanted to obviously the the, the gimmick the you know the whole thing for the show is STL versus the world. So uh, we need to have STL represented wrestlers versus the best in the world. And obviously, there's a lot of guys who live in the area who compete. You know, at Glory Pro, they compete on you know a lot of the best shows in the area around the country. And I wanted them to be a part of this too. Guys like Ethan Price, guys like Cody Lang, um, Xavier Walker. If you haven't seen Xavier Walker wrestle, he's about six, seven. He's a bad motherfucker. He is great. He's a Michigan guy. He runs with the Jake somethings and the Rocky Brajus. Um, you know, to have the six man ladder match with the guys that we have in this, we have, you know, we have Xavier, Cody Lane, Ethan Price, um, Kenny Alfonso, who's incredible, um, ATM, who's really up and coming, and then we're going to have whoever wins the, battle, the pre-show battle royal. We have a 25-man pre-show battle royal as well, but whoever Jesus. wins that is going to go, and they're going to be in the ladder match. So if you win, if you win the battle royal, you get to He's go in the ladder up. match. Um, and the battle royal is kind of like it's going to be kind of like the what do you call it? What's the one that uh, AEW does? What's it called? Uh, the casino battle royal, okay. I think it's called. So basically, what we do is we have we start with ten guys, and then every five minutes we add six or seven more guys to it, and oh, we do that man. a couple times. And, and by the, is there a guy at the very end that's going to shock everybody? Is CM Punk coming out? <laughs> you know, I've got money for that. <laughs> I was say CM Holy Punk comes shit. out. Joey say, did it's it. It's over. Joey got CM Punk. <laughs> I say you going to tell me nothing for the rest for of this 60 night. 60 bucks worth of fucking Lions <laughs> choice. Say, I guess I've, I'm going to tell you, say right now, if Joey gets CM Punk for STL versus the World 2, that's pay per view. And Joey, where can you get tickets? So tickets, Metro Tickets, uh, MetroTix.com. You can go on any of our socials. Uh, Instagram is Grandel Wrestling. Facebook's Grandel Wrestling. Uh, Twitter is Grandel Wrestle. Uh, all the links are on the are on the socials. Just click on the link. You can go and pick your seats out. I urge you to get your seats now, though, because they are going fast, and all the seats are reserved. So. 
the earlier you get them, the better they are. Um, like it's, you guys sat in the balcony last year, you know how great the balcony seats are. Well, I can't recommend balcony was the, balcony was hot. That's, that, that's, that's <laughs> what I was going to say. It was uh, very nice. Jason, Jason and I will be there and, uh, we're going to so, be there. Early, we're going to have, we're going to have, uh, a pre-show match with two really incredible women. And then also, uh, with a Heather Reckless first, uh, Amina Belmont. And then we're also going to have the big battle Royal. So definitely get there early. Um, real quick, before, I know I've been taking up a lot of your guys' time, but um, nah. we're doing we're doing um, a partnership with uh, with a company called Golden Gems. It's a clothing company here in St. Louis. Uh, they're going to have tons of merch from the show. Uh, they're going to be out there just doing a great job. Our merch looks incredible this year. I'm really excited about. It. We're going to have hats. We're going to have girls tank tops. We're going to have shirts. All the stuff. Um, as well as just a big thank you to all the businesses that we work with, like, you know, forehand sauce on the side. Um, we're actually working with suede dispensary this year. Um, so just, we couldn't do this without these, without these companies, these local companies, like this event costs tens and thousands of dollars to put on. And like these local companies make this possible. So just want to give a shout out to all those companies. Same again. Uh, we got forehands, obviously. Um, Suede Dispensary. Um, you can go and get all your all your goodies there. Um, what kind of goodies are you talking about, Joe? <laughs> I was just there all Monday. <laughs> oh, okay, all right, all right. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be some suede, hey, baby. Legal, man. <laughs> just say it's totally uh, legal. Sauce on the side. Um, obviously, golden gems. Um, we're also doing our after party this year at ITAP and in, in the Loop. So after the show, come over to ITAP. We're going to have wrestling on, hang out. We're going to have food there. It'll be a good time. You guys so, yeah, heard those it. Are, That's, those, are the main, those are the main ones. Hell yeah, man. Support those local businesses. Uh, the one that Joey didn't mention is Jack Patrick's. So they didn't sponsor him this time, so don't go to Jack Patrick's. Wow. Um, I love Jack Patrick's. Stop, <laughs> stop, stop. Come on. Oh, on, that place that's that, that place is gonna survive the cockroaches. <laughs> it is. Here's the reason. Okay, let me I'm just gonna give my reason real quick because I don't want you to get them talking shit on me. So oh, that God. night the Battlehawk uh and the soccer team have a game in downtown St. Louis. And mm. I thought it would not be a smart move to pick a bar in downtown St. Louis to have an after party at. Yeah. So I want something a little out of downtown uh i'll tell you what kinda, out of city and the Bell hawks and uh joey's show i'm going to joey's show of course but every time but every day but twice this is on why Sunday. but this is why joey's a booker because he sees the big picture and is like you know what we're not going to have everybody go downtown jo- joey we're O'Farrell, just have go one, outside one last question one last question because i know you're a loyal listener of band from ringside oh jesus i really am True. This is true. We've, who, thought, we've had conversations. Who before. is right more often? Oh my god! You know, you guys Bill all Jace, have your good. Bill, Jason, or Zach? Pick Zach. You guys all have, well, Zach's always right. <laughs> <laughs> Pick Zach is the easy way out. <laughs> Zach, Zach, Zach has the best one-liners. <laughs> he does. Well, I, well, I who's, basically just listen to the show for Zach. Zach one-liners. <laughs> well, who's in who's in second place? Me or Jason? With one-liners. No, with who's right about stuff. 
I think it varies each week, man. Don't put me. Don't... <laughs> what a fucking politician! Yes, man. ride that fence, Jeff. No. Ride that kayfabe, ride that fence, hey, man. He tried Art. to sell a show. He, he tried to worry about Joey O'Farrell, Tender Mahal. Howard, Howard, real quick, what was the hot take this week? What was the hot take this week that I missed out on? Mm. <laughs> well, yeah, it's I, probably is probably I said Bill. John Cena is like yeah. the worst promo of all time. Yep, there it is. Okay, Bill hates John Cena. Yes, Bill hates John Cena. Uh, it, it, we we expanded a little more on that. I was going to say, I think that was the yeah. one that that well, was let, like. Well, let me ask you this, Tender. What do you think about MJF versus Daniel Bryan? Mm-mm. You're going to hate me for this. No, speak, speak your truth. Speak your truth. What? I, I haven't watched it yet. I haven't watched it yet. Okay. Oh. No, that's fair. No, that's uh, totally fair. I had to work a show that night, and then I did. I haven't. I haven't had the time to watch it. Yeah, I was getting ready to say I did text Joey. Tender um, Mahal. Tender Mahal. I can't recommend it more. If you get a chance, you it need is. to watch it. Number one and number two. In Joey's defense, yeah, you, I did text him can, Sunday and was like, "What's probably up?" Probably skip like the first twenty minutes, but like the first twenty minutes is just MJF, MJF, and the fuck out of me. No, don't and don't then, skip it. And then it don't starts skip sk- it. I wouldn't say skip it either. I think it's is you it, have, has MJF has MJF won you over, Bill? Are you are you on the MJF train? Yeah, yeah. I I admit, I admit my wrongness tonight. On the podcast, I said I was wrong. I was like, he's convinced me now. He's, it. Th- I mean, this this sixty seven minute Iron Man match is incredible, incredible. If you have an, if you have an hour fifteen minutes, yeah, it's <laughs> knock a, it out. It's it's, incre- it's really good. And the last thirty is, minutes of it is bonkers. Is AEW? Are they going to be able to build stories, though? That's the question. Are they ever going to be a company that could really tell stories? I tell you I what, think they man, just did on Sunday. I tell you twice. what, man. They're the only one that I feel like watching every single week live. I'm like, give this shit to me live. Like, I don't have to watch Raw. I don't have to watch SmackDown when it happens. Wednesday nights, I'm like, Aaron, can you go listen to a book and take a bath or something so I can watch Okay. AEW for the next two hours? Real quick. You can leave me alone? <laughs> Before he goes on this tangent. Um, are we going to talk to you for... Roll th- the fuck up! Are we going to talk to you on 300? Yeah, I'll be there. I'll okay, be there. perfect. Okay, that's that's all I need to know. So at that point, um, we can wrap this joker up. Um, we talked about tickets. We talked about the venue. Anything else that... we. You want to tell people that haven't seen the first. We've seen the first. We've seen the first. I know how great it is. I'm excited for the the second one go around. Tell you what, Jason. Sell the first. You're like Sam from Quantum Leap has just hopped into your body for the last five five minutes. Like, you've already asked this question. Okay. So. Where are we at, Joey? <laughs> Man, how about... How about that quantum leap reference, Bill? Just the rest. <laughs> Jesus, Bill, he's Bill mad. Allen, he's mad. Man. I'm not mad. Yeah, <laughs> gonna be uncomfortable here for the next two hours. <laughs> the next leap, the leap home. Um, no, I, I did want to ask you guys about five AEW. minutes ago. He was JFK. <laughs> Oh, I'm hit. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> Damn, this shit's hot. What's, what's wrong with me? Seatbelt didn't save JFK. <laughs> you guys, I do want to talk about AEW for a second, though, if I can. Yeah, by all means. Not Real quick, out. it's cold out here. One thing, one thing I really liked is I like that they're taking their time with stuff. 
Like, I like that they didn't have MJF come out this week. Oh, I mean, totally. They're, totally. They're that, waiting until next brilliant. week. They're really smart move. They're giving you something. Because I, I was I was driving home from – I think I went and saw Creed 3. I did. I went and saw Creed 3 yesterday. How was it? And it was incredible. Okay. And I'm driving home, and I'm like, fuck, I'm not, not going to make it in time because I know they're going to fucking bring MJF out for the first segment. And instead, they had a good match with Lethal and um, – Cassidy, which is which was incredible, but but then it should have been. Mm. No, nah, I won't <laughs> say that. I won't say that. I won't say that. It had no business being that good. When's Jay Lethal gonna win a fucking match though? Come on. <laughs> but our yeah. is in, in in play. But go ahead. Motherfucker is old. I just, I'm so. <sighs> I'm excited. Right now, I'm excited to to watch uh, Dynamite next week. Not only because of the NGF promo because it's from Winnipeg. Mm. You got Jericho's hometown, you got Omega's hometown, you got Cow's yep. hometown. Like, I can't wait to, to, to talk about that. You got so the three-on-three-on-three anyway. three on three match, and you also have, man, when Don Callis said that Chris Jericho's one of the greatest of all time, but it still makes him the second from Winnipeg, and Oof. he goes, if you give me four to six weeks to train, he goes, you'd be the be third, third best from like, Winnipeg. Damn. <laughs> oh, man, I know. Wasn't that awesome? That was the most cold-blooded shit ever. I was about to say, that's high fire, ladies Such and gentlemen. Such a good line. All right. Hey, Joey O'Farrell, STL versus the world at Grandel, at the Grandel on March the 18th. Anything else we need to know? No, just come, be there. You know, I, I think any expectations you have of the show – are going to be blown out of the water if you come and, and, and see what this can be. I mean, this is just such a next level, not a two-month horn, but this is just a next-level production and a next-level card. It's not something you're going to see anywhere else around the country unless you're going to see an AEW or a WWE. Like, there's no Preach. in-between. Preach. You heard it here first, guys. That's where it's going to be. Thank you for tuning in. And this is... This is banned from ringside.